Welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. We are sharing episode 28 with you today. So if you're new here, then a very magical welcome to you. We're happy to have you. Um, of yes, always happy to have new people. <laughs> um, and we're so close to 30 episodes, which is really exciting. It really um, is. I'm not saying it's exciting to be at 28 because we always say this. We do. So I'm saying it's exciting to be close to 30. Yes. Because um, we've been doing it for over a year. So, yeah, that's so exciting. We were just counting up our content for the rest of the year, and we've realised there's probably only about like between like nine, depending on how we, we plan holidays and stuff, between like nine and eleven episodes left for the year. Like it's crazy how 2021 yeah. is nearly finished. It's mad. It's, it's kind um, of scary, actually. But yeah, let's not think about it. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so thank you to all of the lovely listeners who um, have added new reviews over the last few weeks yes. as well. We've spotted some new ones popping up on Apple Podcasts. So we've loved reading them. Thank you so, so much for taking the time uh, to, to fill them out. If, if you want to one of the people that we're thanking <laughs> on the podcast, you can leave a review too. That would be lovely. Um, and obviously a massive thank you to everyone for who continues to listen. Um, we'll never, ever, ever, I don't think, get over the fact that people listen, let alone the number of people that listen. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, thank you so much, people who just are interested in what we have to say. I don't know why. But, <laughs> it's um, just nice. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, it's just nice to, to know that people are interested. It's it's, it's crazy, but we're, we're so, so grateful for every single listen. Um, yeah. We still get as excited now about new listeners as we did on like day one so literally like nothing's yeah, we changed <laughs> we text each other like have you seen how many listeners we've had today and um, so just a massive thank you from us for that um we've had a short break away um over the past like two to three weeks due to like holidays and summer and stuff um but we are back with a brand yes. new episode and we're going to make up the week that we missed we promise we're going to make up yeah. <laughs> so brand new episode um what are we talking about Rosie well today we're back to Disney Classic I know Ooh. a lot of you like that segment of our podcast, yeah. you know. Um, and of course, if you know you're following following along with us chronologically, we're on to the second official princess movie, which yeah. is very appropriate this week. It is given that it's World Princess Week, which is such an exciting thing. And it's itself. the first World Princess Week yes. ever been run by Disney, and it's just it's, I love it, it. We didn't even plan it. This is what's no. so amazing. <laughs> it's just fallen into place perfectly. Like, like Cinderella's slipper <laughs> fits onto her foot. <laughs> wow. Wow. God. This is the I'm content just, you're all here a, for. An image of you trying to do stand up now. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't go very well. Um, I so, that, that was quite amusing, to be fair. Well, oh, thank you. Well done. Well, and now, as you've probably guessed with the slipper reference, we'll be talking <laughs> about Cinderella. And so, of course, as usual, we'll be introducing the film and its background um, and the reviews and like yes. the reception and everything. And of course, discussing our thoughts on the film in the time it was made versus um, now, because obviously we know opinions change and it's interesting to discuss it in the context yeah. that it came out in because it's very different to now and then of course our thoughts on it overall because they can often be very different they yeah. have been in the past yeah, they have. we're, we're not as kind <laughs> when we don't consider its context anymore um and then discussing the main characters in the film and of course our individual ratings out of 10 for the film again I don't think I've come up with this yet I don't actually know where we're going to go with this one so yeah, the discussion will leave me there before. I think I've got like a ballpark range but it depends on kind of like how high I choose to go and like yeah yeah it'll be interesting mm, I've got actually I've got a number on my head right now but we'll see if it changes because this yeah. discussion always always like gives me you make each other think don't we you know we do we do and that's the way it should be you know well it should because we listen and we adapt we do we do 
Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So, that brings us nicely on to Disney fun fact number one. So, the film holds one of Walt Disney's favorite pieces of animation, um, and it was during his career when Cinderella transformed out of her pink chores dress into her light blue ball gown. I mean... Fair. It's one of the best. That is probably the best scene, <laughs> like in the film. It's stunning, and, and it's her so dress. like um, what's one looking for? Like smooth. Yes, like, you yeah. blink and you miss it. It's just effortless, like, and I yeah. think it's such a testament to how good the animation got as well. Like from like Snow White, like yeah. you're looking at it, comparing the two, lovely the princess film, so it's easy to compare them. Well, yeah, and it's just seamless like the transition and it's just so impressive for the 1950s so yeah yeah it's beautiful dress i think it's one of the best princess dresses from the early princesses i agree um the hair's interesting but yeah not my choice (laughs) i would have had it down (laughs) Um, but you're right i think the dress itself is gorgeous Um, yeah yeah yeah, that moves nicely on to segment number one, where we introduce the, you to the film. Um, if you haven't seen it, then this will be a nice intro for you. If you have seen it, hopefully you'll learn something new, um, because we always do whenever we do this section. Yes. Um, oh, and then you get my infamous plot summary. <laughs> Goodness me. Right. I feel like I'm going to do the, the, the context first, and okay. then we'll do the plot summary. Yes. Because... That, that's better that so, the, so the film was released in, on February 15th in 1950 so quite a long time ago mm. um, the film many people know this is actually set in France in the 17th century at some point um, because Cinderella literally translates into English from French as Little Ash Girl mm. which I thought was really cool that's really interesting yeah um, so it's technically set in France um, and it's interesting because this film when it was released the, the release followed like several years of hardship for Disney. So you'll have heard us talk about um, in the other Disney classic episodes about the impact of the war on like viewers and, and, and how the other Disney films didn't perform particularly well at the box office when they were released. And that had like a really big impact, especially because in the early 1940s, the war basically meant that Disney was cut off from the European film markets. So mm-hmm. they were really like their distribution channels were like kind of slashed. So they were really struggling, basically. So by 1947, they were in $4 million worth of debt as a studio. Oof. That's a lot. And if you think back in, like, 1940s, yeah. that's a lot of money now. I was like, going to say, that's even more then. Like, the, the value yeah. of that yeah. back then. That's... Mental. So there was a lot of pressure on this to deliver um, because they hadn't done a feature film for a while. I think before they, they were, like, doing some, like... Um, contracted film packages for like different people so this mm. was the first time they were kind of back in the studio for an original film for quite a while and um, but thankfully it was a success <laughs> um, it was like deemed the most successful film since Snow White um, and it thankfully helped to re- reverse the studio's fortunes um, and put them back on the straight and narrow and um, thankfully otherwise we may not have had Disney as we know it today. Thank goodness. Well, yeah. For this film. Um, yeah. <laughs> and people love the film so much that it actually has uh, two sequels. Um, Cinderella oh. 2. Um, What's it called? I can't remember, to be <gasps> honest. Cinderella 3 is called A Twist in Time. I don't actually think I've seen that one. Um, I do not. It's good. I know. I really know. Do you know good. what? I haven't seen... I've seen most twos. I haven't seen a lot of threes. Um, Cinderella oh. 2 is called Dreams Come True. There we go. Oh, of course. That makes sense. It took me a minute there. I'm so embarrassed because I love that film. Um, excellent. Which went straight to video, like all like classic Disney sequels. Um, and obviously it had the live action remake in 2015 starring Lily James. What a babe. Oh, uh, what a film as well. 
and it's just a hell of a bottom cut. What a film. I'll have to do an episode on that because that film was incredible. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because we'll talk a little bit later about like characters and the prints and stuff, but a lot of the scrapped ideas for this film made it into the live action, which is really cool. Mm. Um, and then in 2018, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, and to quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So apparently it's a big deal. Yeah, it's had a big impact, clearly. Yeah, apparently so. So. Yeah. so what's it about? Let me tell you. <laughs> Probably a bit simpler than our Marvel ones. Thank mm. God for that. I'd hope so. I mean, after if it is Oh, after Loki's, which actually fried my brain. Goodness. Um, so, Cinderella, obviously based on a book. I think it's actually called like Cinderellian or something because it was written in a different language. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not an original story. It's based on a classic fairy tale um, about um, a girl who lives with her father. Her mum dies, classic Disney. Yeah. Um, and then her dad remarries and she has two stepsisters. Lo and behold, the dad dies. Turns out her stepmom's a bit of a cow. So like she kind of gets banished to this tower while her stepmom takes over her dad's estate and the stepsisters kind of like run around like it's their home. And Cinderella is basically made a slave in her own home. Her only friends are mice and birds. Um, It's a bit tragic. And and there's a dog, Bruno the dog. Yeah. But he's not really in the film a lot because he's been banished to the garden, which is really sad. I know. Um, I know, I know. Um, So she's a bit bit, bit of a lonely gal. (laughs) She lives in like Mm -hmm. a tower, just cleans, people's washing. Like she's, yeah, it's tragic to be honest. Mm. Um, You feel feel for her, you do. Um, Definitely. And then... We skip over to the castle because, of course, it's in a kingdom. Because why wouldn't it be in a kingdom? <laughs> the castle, and then we go over to the king and his advisor, and the king's like losing his rag because his son isn't got a wife. Classic nineteen fifties problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "We need a ball now because we need to find a wife." So lo and behold, they produce a ball in an afternoon. Yeah, of course, as you do. <laughs> to, to, what, to what we do, <laughs> we just decide one evening we're going to have a ball. <laughs> so then. There's a royal decree sent out that every like woman, every every person from like these households are like are invited. So Cinderella's like, oh my god, I can go to the ball. I love her family are like, mm, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, you can come if you get everything sorted and you can find something to wear. So she's naively like, oh, thank you so much. That sounds so great. And then they literally give her like everything anything to do all day yeah as much as they possibly could find like i don't i don't know why anyone could own that many clothes that need no. washing like it's, it's mental it's ridiculous uh, yeah it is and then she's like but it's fine because i like I'll, I'll do it all and she can like make her own like dress and she's have time to put the dress so her friends make like what's her friends the birds <laughs> and the mice <laughs> make the dress for her she's so excited she comes downstairs Aww. and she's like "Ooh." I can come. Uh, and they are horrible to her. They literally tear her dress to shreds. Like it's, it's heartbreaking. It it's really is. Horrible. Um, and then walk out and leave her. So you know, quite clearly, she's a little bit sad, a little bit upset. She yep. lets it out to the guys and just a classic Disney princess pose of tearing herself on a bench. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and crying. Mm. Um, but she's but like, you know, she's 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 broken at this point, isn't she? Because like yeah. She's been really hopeful and she's always quite positive. But at this point, she's like, what is the point? I'm so yeah. done. And yeah. then what happens? A fairy godmother arrives. 
That never happens to me. I know. Why when do we I'm, not have one of those? When I throw myself on my bed and cry. <laughs> Clearly, we're not triggering the right emotions or something. No, apparently not. Uh, maybe that I'll come and like tear your dresses apart next time <laughs> <laughs> before you do it. Yeah. And then her fairy godmother arrives and it's like, oh, you know what? You can go for the ball and turn pumpkins into carriages and dogs and horses into people and it's all it's quite dramatic and then she obviously gives the classic blue dress to cinderella oh. and we get the iconic bibbidi bobbidi boo song yeah but of course the cat she has to be back by midnight um and she's she's fine with that but then she yep. gets the ball no one knows who she is no one recognizes not even her own family it's how much attention they pay to her mm. and then she ends up catching the prince's eye doesn't know he's the prince has a little dance is about to kiss him and then she hears the dongs of midnight and she likes it not knowing that it's the prince she's she just spoken to, legs it out the castle, loses the glass slipper on the way, doesn't think to turn around and grab it. No. So she runs in one heel, which doesn't sound very effective to me, to be honest. No, it sounds a lot slower. Yeah, yeah. You just you either, you either lose both or yeah. you keep both. Yeah. It's a questionable choice, not to be honest. And then she jumps into her carriage, and then everyone's following her, trying to find, and then the carriage basically like falls to pieces at midnight off the road. Um, yep. She trudges back to home, and she's really happy because she's you know met this man, and she's like falling in love with after three seconds. And um, she thinks it's all good, it's all good. And then the prince must know who this woman is. So there's like a kingdom-wide search of the woman whose foot will fit in this. <laughs> In the slipper. slipper because every woman's foot everyone is a completely different size we never share yeah. shoes no <laughs> she has specific custom made like the ice slippers. fits to the grooves of her yeah. feet like <laughs> it is ridiculous when you think about it, it i also said ice i meant glasses isn't <laughs> ice <laughs> are we <laughs> <even> frozen <laughs> then and then it's so then i've seen the stepmother's thrill because she wants her like idiot daughters to marry the prince uh, they try and shove their foot in, but she realizes that it was Cinderella. Mm. So she locks her in her room. But then Bruno, the dog, comes to the rescue, like frees her. She comes down, her foot fits in the slipper, except then the slipper gets smashed because the stepmother's evil. And then yeah. Cinderella Sassily is like, oh, well, I've got the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the next 10 seconds, she leaves, gets married to the prince, and then is off on a honeymoon. And at some point, and, and throughout this film, there's a cat who's not very nice as well. Yes, yeah, Lucifer. Yeah, and um, I think that's it. Yeah, and that about covers it. I think it does. I think there's it's not too there's not too many uh, like avenues. Like no. it's one story. It's very basic, very simple. Like one thing to follow. Which yeah, is nice. Yes, <laughs> after watching, <Lucifer>. refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> not not challenging or difficult to watch. Um, no. So yeah. It's a nice, like, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's a classic fairy tale story, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I'm interested to hear how it was received. Well, it is very interesting. So, <laughs> so it was Disney's greatest box office success since Snow White, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, Disney turned it around with they this did. one. Thank goodness for that, because, you know, we uh, well, we both rely on Disney magic to get through our lives. Well, yeah, we so, mean Disney would just be, like, eternally miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where would we be right yeah. now? We would be doing this, would we? we Certainly not. We wouldn't be not. friends. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have never, we'd never have made no. friends. And we wouldn't be doing this podcast. You wouldn't be listening to us right now. So just think about that <laughs> when you watch Cinderella next time. <laughs> if you think about how grateful you need to be. <laughs> 
and it was also branded a masterpiece actually um, and it had the best reception um, for an animated feature from Disney since Dumbo oh. which is interesting mm. um, because obviously after Dumbo was was it Bambi and the three the caballeros caballeros yes. caballeros <laughs> So there was those two, obviously, after that. Um, so obviously that was another, like, it picked up. It just yeah. picked up from everything, um, which is great. Um, however, this is really interesting. Mm. There was criticism for the way that the animals in the film seemed to overshadow and have more presence than the human characters and even Cinderella herself, the protagonist of the film. People actually, this was during the time as well, I should say. So this was reception during mm. 1950. People were saying... They felt like the scenes with the mice and Lucifer were the more memorable scenes yeah. than the scenes with Cinderella herself. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, um, it is. Because I, I have points on that. I'll come yeah, to later. So, yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that was interesting that people picked up on that. Um, yeah. And because, especially because we've had like, you know, Snow White has animals in it as well. Well, um, yeah, Bambi is literally all that. Bambi is, I mean, yeah. So it's interesting. It's new, it's new criticism we haven't had it yet. Is, we haven't had, and I wouldn't have thought that'd be something people would pick up on. I know, yeah. Um, the film received three Academy Award nominations, mm-hmm. uh, all to do with sound. So best sound, best music, and original song for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Disney always get their nominations they for do. like sound stuff, and it's just because they clearly were so like above like everybody else. Yeah, they were just their, ahead of the yeah, game. Yeah, they really they? were. Yeah, so they didn't win um i think annie annie was like okay well that's fair yeah (laughs) i'll let them off that's what beat (laughs) so you know i know and it still is it just is a banger like when i watch it i'm like sometimes i think that song will get annoying and then actually it just doesn't it's just doesn't it's one of those things that comes upon my like playlist and i forget to skip it and i actually really enjoy this song (laughs) yeah yeah because i kind of hear it and i'm like oh not this and then if i leave it i'm like oh bibbidi bobby so yeah so it received nominations but it didn't win but i think it did win some awards um i believe i'm just remembering other, like other award shows and stuff it was like american film Inst- institute oh, recognition yeah, yeah. but that oh, wow. wasn't at the time that was like oh. later on as animated films do with disney yeah, yeah they get they tend to get more recognition later down yeah that's released, so true which yeah. is what we've discovered um so yeah so that's interesting so it's clearly like well received people were like buzzing about mm-hmm. it had a lot to say um but obviously had like a little bit of critique um with the human characters and how they yeah, didn't seem i think it's so interesting it is it's, it is a very interesting point yeah so yeah that's like the reception and also the reception um not in the time so like onwards and now is generally that it is a masterpiece. Uh, it's, it's kind of like agreed that it's one of Disney's like greatest, like one that's really turned it around for Disney. Um, people mark it as like a turning point as well. Well, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Financially, it was definitely. Well, exactly. And also people, it's in terms of animation as well, again, because people are saying it's like leaps and bounds ahead of, yeah. um, well, if you think about the free caballeros, caballeros, sorry. Yeros. Yeros. <laughs> Like, just think of a difference between the animation there. I know the style is slightly different, but yeah. So, well-received, generally. And that kind of shows when you look at the score. So, on IMDb, it has 7.3 out of 10. Oh, wow. Which is pretty high. Snow White had 7.6. Interesting. Generous. That is very Um, generous. So, but of course, it's that classic thing of how the classic Snow White, everyone just 
loves it anyway yeah. we won't go into that now so, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to our episode two if you'd like it to hear more on that yeah if you want to yeah. hear our opinions on that then yeah that's, that's go back to, to two <laughs> after this um so yeah 7.3 high score i would say mm. um that's decent that's a decent score yeah i think that's like it's a kind of it's, i feel like seven anywhere from like seven round is like saying it's a good film Man, yeah. the best one ever but it's a good film it's yeah a good it's worth a watch sort of yeah. thing for reasons and then rotten tomatoes so obviously they divide it between critics and audience the critics gave it 97 percent. wow very high yeah and but as we know the audience tend to be lower and they've given it 80 percent. so that's quite a big difference it is a big difference and actually like even with the imdb score the rotten tomato ones are quite a lot higher like when you think about 80 yeah. percent, the difference between that and like 73 is still quite large well especially because normally when we do this we see consistency usually yeah across the different levels that's really interesting yeah so generally positive mm. um reception with the scores um but clearly there's some things people are discussing that aren't making it that like top film for yeah. them, um which is interesting so then moving on to the reviews so i'll start with the critics <laughs> and so i've got one from the new york times basically the day after it premiered oh oh Look at you go. (laughs) We love a premiere review because it's just so relevant. Like I feel like we've been like in like a time capsule, like back back to it. Yeah. And it just exactly like it's like you imagine how it would have felt, you know, like seeing it for the first time, being one of the first people to see. I know. Which we do this. We do do this, but we're not like we're never like the first people to see a film. Like we might Uh, see it on the day it comes out, but like And I feel like it's a bit different as well when you think about like being the first person to see a film that's now like 70 years old. Yeah. Like yeah. that's to think back that far back in time mm. and how how big this must have been then because the film was was wasn't as normalized now like obviously it was yeah. normal but it, you know you can go to cinema now and there'll be like twelve different films on yeah that wouldn't yeah. have been the case in the fifties no. so it's it was I think much more of like a privilege to obviously go and see Definitely. premieres and stuff on yeah. the first day and it was more of a treat I think to even go and see like this like to go and see a film as well yeah. than it is now so Bosley Crowther is their name Ooh. they said. As the fairy godmother puts it, even miracles take a little time. For Mr. Disney and his craftsmen have br- brilliantly splashed upon the screen a full-blown and flowery animation of the perennially popular fairy tale. Mm. So, I mean, said brilliantly. So yeah. positive, positive yeah. reception the day after um, in very, <laughs> like, flowery wording. Yeah, it's very flowery. <laughs> it always is with the old reviews. Yeah. Um, so and obviously it's interesting because they reference like even miracles take a little time as in like here we go disney's back yeah like he's showing which i think is so interesting because i think like when we've discussed the previous classics between like snow white and now obviously we have our issues with some of them but like Mm. they they weren't dreadful no 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 they're not dreadful not all of them um <laughs> but like you know you look obviously we've had like Dumbo and Bambi in that time yeah which are great films that are still enjoyed today so like definitely I wonder if people just were missing like a princess film maybe More they were just confused about the free caballeros maybe <laughs> and we're like what is happening with this like yeah I, I guess they were maybe they're at a point now where they were they're quite post-war now so. yes yeah Maybe that's why as well. Maybe they wanted something that's a bit like just a bit more like happy and uplifting. Yeah. And... Happy ending. Yeah. Happy ever after. Well, quite. And then um, Time Out magazine have said that the cartoon has far more success in projecting the lower animals than in its central character, Cinderella, who is on the colourless, doll faced side, <gasps> as is Prince Charming. 
Okay, I'll agree with Prince Charming. Yes, yes. Cinderella, that is harsh. (laughs) (laughs) That is harsh. Really, really harsh. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Snow White has less less personality than Cinderella. I mean... Cinderella was a badass, and we're going to get to yeah, that later. Yeah, we will. Like, So we don't appreciate the negativity no. <laughs> towards Cinderella. But again, interesting that the animals are being raised as mm, like... An issue. More... <laughs> yeah, an issue. But it's... And the fact that people just think that they took over the film. And I just think that's interesting. Very mm. interesting. Mm. Especially for an animal fan like myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one. Brace yourself oh, for God. this one. I'm going to hold on to my chair. I mean... It's, it's not wrong, but it's the wording. Okay. So Eric Henderson um, from Slant magazine, okay. he said that despite its prodigious charms, it has probably destroyed more lives than any other Disney film, forcing a specific unrealistic romantic archetype truly only exists <laughs> in fairy tales onto generations of impressionable children who would grow up desperate, needy and crushed. I feel like it's just described my life. I mean, <laughs> that isn't that life. You always get your expectations up and way too high, but that's what it is about. You that's like to have hopes and with dreams. Any film, like, try to break it, your pal, but deers don't talk. Like, well, exactly. That's, that's not realistic. I mean, and, you know, it has its flaws, which we'll talk about later. Of course. But yeah. I think to turn around and say that, like, you know, it's it's going to set people up for failure in life is what he's essentially saying. Mm. Any, the whole point of film is it's not like exactly like real life. Well, yeah. Because if it was exactly like real life, we wouldn't watch it. I was going to say, like, what's the fun? Like, where's the escapism? Yeah. You don't, like, you can't escape unless it is different to real life. If you want to watch real life, go and watch a documentary. Like. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I get, like, the tiny, tiny bit of where he's, like, got this from. In terms of the issues. But that's that's too strong. (laughs) Well, yeah. And at the end of the day, like, it's part of growing up. And it's part of that thing when you're young with that, like, imagination and the adventure and... And then when you grow up, unfortunately, you realise that life isn't all roses yeah. and glass slippers. And um, that is realistic. Yeah. And but but that doesn't mean that you can't take things away from a film mm. that isn't completely accurate about real life. Because this film is all about dreams and about yeah. following your dreams. And I think if all he's going to take from it, which it sounds to me, all he's going to take is the romance element. He's missed which, the point of the film. Yeah, that's such a small part of the yeah. whole film. Which surprises like, you, I think, when you watch it. Yeah. You know, when you think of Cinderella, you think Cinderella, ball, glass slipper, Prince Charming. Yeah. That's what you think. Yeah, and then definitely. I was pleasantly surprised by this film, rewatching Same. it again, and that it's far deeper yeah. than I remembered. Um, so I think if that's all they're going to focus on, they've missed the point of the film. I, I agree. I agree. So now we'll move on to the audience. Maybe they're a bit more... Perhaps they're more in positive, line. <laughs> um, about the film. So um, a user on INDV, they said that the Disney touch is evident in every scene and makes this charming blend of comedy, music and romance a film of timeless appeal. Yeah, yeah I agree. I it definitely agree. is timeless. <laughs> it has to be for us to still be loving it still even now. It, yeah. yeah. So, it, yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. Excellent yes, I agree. Movie. Well done. <laughs> and actually following that, it's a nice one to follow. Uh, another IMDb user said that a wonderful movie that never loses its magic, no matter how old you are. Yeah. Again, yeah, we I can agree. agree with that because, you know, we're, we're, we're older now than we yes. once were. And we um, probably appreciate it in a different way. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, and then we have another review that said, while Cinderella may not be the strongest story, it is sort of iconic in Disney and movie history. It represents that fun, idealistic and fantasy-like wonderment we held when we were kids. Yes, yeah. I agree. But it's not just when you're kids. No, it's- and I think it has more more to it than that definitely deeper yeah than that 
them people make it sound a lot less like there's there's not as many messages in it there's there's loads there's so many yeah and then we've got someone saying that it's golden age disney so -hmm. you know the characters and backgrounds are well drawn with rich gorgeous colors that really pop the only negatives are the story's familiarity and a little too much comic relief provided by cinderella's animal friends people have got it in for these animals Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. We're going to have an interesting discussion when we get to that, then, aren't we? Did you write these reviews? This was, was this me. you earlier? Just to, just to spite me. I edited in your computer. I've gone in and I've just like changed them all. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> I see. But um, interesting with the familiarity thing, though, because it's not exactly the same as the original no. story. And it wouldn't have been familiar at the time no so, it's familiar now because cinderella was done in 1950 yeah and then it's had adaptation after adaptation again and again and again yeah because it's a timeless story so well exactly it, it, you know you can't you can't complain because people clearly still enjoy it yeah so a special shout it. out there to a Cinderella story because that is oh, one of the best adaptations. It is. It ever. really is. Ever. So 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 good. So, so good. good. Um, yes. Well, interesting. And <laughs> the next review says that Disney loves to proclaim all its animated features as masterpieces. While many of them are, there are some that do not deserve this in any way. Intensely Cinderella is a prime example <gasps> of this fact. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't get on board with you. Is that the end of the review. <laughs> Yeah, that's what? that's what they leave it. So they didn't even give her an answer or like a reason. No, no, they they, they didn't. I didn't even cut this you down. That's what they cla- said. <laughs> you can't make a claim like that and then not back it up. I know, I know. Yeah, so it's, it's a bold statement to make. Like you got to have oh, the guts yeah. to back it up. Where's your peas? You know, point <laughs> evidence. Explain. <laughs> this person clearly failed English. GCSE. Clearly, that wouldn't have got you the marks. That would have <laughs> you one mark for your point, and then that's it. You would have failed the exam. Sorry. Mm, <laughs> so interesting. Mm. And then lastly, this one's interesting, actually. Um, someone said that not only was Prince Charming just another pretty face with no personality to speak of at all, and his father, the king, a blustering idiot of the highest I mean, order, but I also seriously thought that the Cinderella character, the Cinderella character, do you mean Cinderella? Cinderella. Cinderella was clearly <laughs> missing some of her marbles. And even even teetering on the edge of insanity by having real conversations with a bunch of mice and actually fashioning clothes for them. Listen. No, that I'm not not having that. Do they know it's a kids' film? Yeah. I I mean it's again escapism. <laughs> like I say kids' film, obviously everyone can enjoy it, but yeah. then like that's the animals and that is in there for children. Like I mean, what did they think of Bambi? I, I just what? I wonder. <laughs> It's, Why do these people watch these films? It's fiction. Is what I have to say about this. Why put yourself through it if you already have decided from the off that you're not going to enjoy no. it? Because if you're, if you're going to pick that apart, then you clearly are not a fan of fantasy animation. Yeah. You don't get it. That's just so mean. <laughs> I don't like that. to be that. fair, like, the first half, I'm, I'm with them. But then mm-hmm. once they've come for the Cinderella character in inverted commas, that's just, no. No, that's, that's... Maybe we should lock them up in a tower and make them scrub floors and see who they well, want to speak to. we'll see how you end up, because yeah. I think a lot of people would have ended up a lot worse than she did. Well, which yeah. We will, which we'll pick up on. Yeah, we shall. Um, so, yes, that is, that is a review. So, 
quite yeah. a balance, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Not like an overwhelming message. Because normally no. when you, you you gift us with these reviews, <laughs> we can see like patterns throughout them all. But everyone yeah. seems to have a very different opinion on this film. Yeah, some people say it is a masterpiece. Some people say it's not a masterpiece. People have issues with the animals. Like, it's, it's just interesting what people mm. have come out with. When I was looking at the reviews, I did not expect no. it to be like this. I thought it would just be like, you know just quite wishy-washy it's really nostalgic yeah that's what I thought it was gonna be which I mean that's what it was mainly for Snow White so I thought it was gonna be similar to that but alas you know people have opinions (sighs) not always most popular opinions (laughs) and sometimes I just think you know if you have an opinion that's great but sometimes we don't need to hear it you know so and you know what like when people have these opinions and like it's not kind of like that one is not a masterpiece. Well, you need to back that up. Well, exactly. Like, it's you not need useful. To... No, there's no point in sharing that and then just dropping the mic and walking off. Like, we need to know more. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you're going to stimulate discussion, you need to, like, stimulate the discussion. Yeah. So... You know, to be an intellectual and have an intellectual conversation with people, you need to have reasons yeah. for what you're saying. Yeah. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. <laughs> on that point, we want to Disney fun fact number two. So, without the fancy budget due to the financial problems they were facing, Walt Disney Productions didn't have the resources to have animators take their sweet time and get creative with Cinderella. So, to save money, the studio shot the entire movie in live action first so that the animators could copy the actors' movements and mannerisms in order to save time. They also used actress Helen Stanley. So, she was actually the model for Cinderella in the film, which was also the model for Aurora and Anita from 101 Dalmatians. Wow. She was like a Disney favorite, clearly. Wow, what a cool like role to have played yeah. like, in Disney. But don't you find that so interesting though? Because you think that to shoot it all in live action first would be more expensive. Like but I'm guessing it wasn't on the same level. Like I've seen some pictures of it. Hmm. You know, it was like carrying things on like a head and in a hands. Yeah. And it's like, just like the staircase, it. like so it's more about like the movement, it's not like a full set, and I'm assuming it's like one or two cameras, if that. So yeah. I guess it was just kind of like to capture the movements, then the animators could just copy it rather than having to try and find the right movement to the camera. Yeah, rather than having to like come up with them themselves yeah. like from the very beginning, which takes a long time to yeah, do, as we've seen does, with yeah. other films. So that's yeah. interesting though. It is, it is. And I was saying how sad it would be to to because it is Alice in Wonderland as well. Um where they have like acts coming in and portray before it was animated. And I think mm. imagine like knowing that you were Alice or you were Cinderella and no one ever sees it. That'd be yeah, so sad. I know. Like, yeah, because you don't get like the credit for it, like, or anything like that. But I suppose, like, I mean, some people might like that, like knowing mm. they were part of something massive, but don't they don't have like the fame associated true, with yeah. it. True, so true. it's very it's a very cool thing to just like casually like bring up in a conversation with people, though, mm. you know. Very, very true. So that brings us on to segment two. So we're going to discuss our thoughts of the film for its time and then for the film overall, which, yes. as I said, can be different. Yes, <laughs> we usually are. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see with this one. So let's just start with what do you think of the film for the time that it was released? So in 1950. Oh, what a question. Obviously, I wasn't alive. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we can't cast our minds back. And. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the reviews kind of obviously bring about the idea that it was um, really welcomed at the time for like its animation, mm. for um, the fact that it was a, probably a princess escapism film again. It was more yeah. about humans because, again, we've said this before with Pixar films. So if you go back and listen to, I think, our Onward episode and maybe our Soul mm. episode, we talk quite a bit about like how people seem to prefer 
and relate more to films that have got humans in them. Yeah. Um, and they don't seem to, like, they find it hard to identify as much with one with, with films that are more about like magical creatures or animals. Yeah. And I think when we think about that, the fact that Three Caballeros was birds, I know animals were in mm. it, but birds were the, the main point. Dumbo yeah. was animals, Bambi was animals. It had been a while since we'd had like a, a, a um, human protagonist. Yeah, that's so true. So I think that was probably quite a welcome change for people as, as we know from people's behaviours mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that we've experienced when we've been talking about other films. So I think that was probably quite a welcome a welcome um, breath of fresh air. Yes. Um, I think, again, the animation was probably impressive because it's always impressive. Yeah. Um, it's impressive to us now to look back on and see that jump because I think there is, there's a big jump for me, I think, in animation from, even from like... Um, Dumbo I think like yeah definitely it, like, you know the, the bit where she wakes up in her bed at the beginning and like all the animals are there it just feels like it's got more it feels like it's got more color in it first of all yeah and it feels like it's got more depth mm-hmm. um but it does still make me laugh that they still don't it's like they still run out of time like there's like shots where she like is whenever they like pan out like right out mm. as like a long shot it's quite clear that it's 2d <laughs> yeah. like when she runs down the stairs and just suddenly got no face <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like the the carriage as well it's yeah. like a flat carriage yeah. like <laughs> and like when it's like when she looks out the window and the bird's there and then it's like they're just like flat the, the castle yeah. is just a flat big thing it's so funny <laughs> So it's, yeah. it's obviously massively improved, but you can still see like elements of, of, of the older films where they haven't put as much effort into the backgrounds still. Yeah. Or like when it's like a, a, a shot that's maybe got more detail in from afar. They mm. still, like, like with the three Caballeros ones, when in the backgrounds of those, they just have like people with literally like no faces on. And I was like, <laughs> someone's just forgotten to animate these people. Yeah. So that did make me laugh. There was a few occasions like that which really made me laugh because it was mm. just like she's... She, it's like you've just completely forgotten who she is as a person yeah um, but I think overall <laughs> I think the animation is far better and there's a lot like a lot more close-ups as well yeah in this film from an animation perspective there which is. I think would really um expose any any faults mm-hmm. so it's nice to kind of have that they have the confidence to do the close-ups I think and maybe that was helped by having the live models in yeah yeah that's so thanks thanks and <laughs> um, I thought on the spot um, I, and then in terms of like it's because obviously one of the big problems I have with it is well the whole gender thing again mm-hmm. um but from so many different angles because it's not actually this time my problem isn't with the way the woman is portrayed yeah my problem is with the way that the men are portrayed again and we mm-hmm. talked in episode two about Prince Ferdinand who whose name isn't even mentioned he's just in irrelevant <laughs> And again, like how he turns up to be a function yeah. for the plot, which we typically associate that with women when mm-hmm. gender problems in films. Um, doesn't really have a personality, he just turns up, gives her a snog, and they fly off, they, they, they soar off into the, the distance yep. while he rescues her. Um, and I, I got the same vibes in this from Prince Charming. I feel so bad for Prince Charming in this film because mm-hmm. he, we, we literally see him what, like, once apart from the end scene yeah it's just the once and the boring isn't it and he barely speaks the poor guy he doesn't even go on the trip to go and like find his woman like he's just completely cut out from the film (laughs) i feel so bad for the guy and yeah i just he is a character it's real it's a real shame that he is just especially if you've seen number two i love cinderella too yeah he is such a babe yeah, that film. He's so supportive of Cinderella. He, is. he like sticks up for her. He's oh, so 
I'm glad that he got his time to shine. Yeah, he <laughs> needed on. it. He needed something. But apparently, when they did the original version of the film, they had um, a whole personality and background written in for him where they actually met in the woods when he was hunting and they went uh, into each other. Enter 2015 Cinderella. Yeah. And that's how they meet, isn't it, in the forest? Yeah. Um, because that's he's that's how they meet so that was brought in in 2015 which I think is really nice that they've brought that in like so I, so I think you know they clearly had a plan to include him but I, they obviously needed to make cuts for time reasons yeah money reasons and he had to go um but I think it shows he's barely in the thing um I know you barely get to see his face really yeah yeah um and then the dad <sighs> oh the dad <sighs> I have so many problems with the dad. The way that, first of all, the way that he treats his son. I know. The fact that he's like, he needs to marry him, like, and I want grandchildren. So problematic. That scene where he's in bed and he's dreaming about grandchildren I, on his I back. Know. I know. A bit weird. It's very weird. Like, it's very uncomfortable. strange. It was um, bizarre. Um, and the way, and then even when they're in like the, the ball and he's going, no one here is mother material. And even the guard is like, like his assistant is like, um, so he's like, oh, I mean, wife material. Yeah. Like, all he's interested in is, is women being able to have sex with his son to give him yeah. Grandchildren. a child. Yeah. And I was not, I was not here for that. And he, he was just honestly a, a bas- like a basket head, to be honest. Yeah. Like, what he, he was doing was throwing tantrums. He was so aggressive. Yeah. So aggressive. Um, all over the place yeah the way he spoke about women it was just it, like it was like any woman will do do you know what I mean as long yeah as, it doesn't as long matter as who it birth. is I just want grandchildren um and I think when, and it's interesting when we look at the role of women at the time in the 50s um and like at that time the 50s it was very geared towards family yeah so, like marriage and children were really part of like the American like social agenda if you like mm. um and that was kind of everywhere. It was to do with like you know, like the propaganda war because that was this was at the time of the Cold um, Cold War. Yeah, the Cold War. Yeah. At the same time, um, and it was a lot about like you know, family is what's so important. Because America, America, um, and if you were single at that time, you were undesirable. Yes. I would yeah. have been very undesirable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was there was still very like a lot of prejudice, and I think at this point, I think women could, could lots of women could kind of vote, but like they were still very much the idea that a woman was to raise a family and it should be a big family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like to be a mother and to be a wife, like that, yeah. we're still in that area of very where the role so. fits. So. Um, yeah. And like, m- like mums that went married, like went through like crazy discrimination. Um, it, 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 it was crazy. Um, yeah. And, but the problem was that women, interestingly, were pushing back so women were actually engaging in a lot more of like premarital like sex basically mm. despite society's pressure to remain like virgins as we all all women should until marriage um <laughs> you know which is if that's what you want that's fine but like yeah. you know because not everyone wants to go around and have sex with everybody that, that, that they meet but it's this cold pressure that you a woman is broken if she doesn't conform exactly to what society wants it's yeah. still very prevalent um mm. but because women are pushing back there was actually a growing need for like effective contraceptives for women because mm. that is where you kind of start to that movement grow which I think is really interesting um, yeah and then interestingly most women were married by the age of 19 um <sighs> Cinderella is 19 in this film 
that that's a solid representation that's not a coincidence <laughs> um like at all no um, and they also tended to have families like basically straight away um yeah. but it's just it's just interesting i think that she's 19 and that was the age when the people that was like the last day people would kind of get married at yeah um, that was just interesting that it was it matches that so it's clearly a representation of women at the time because it yeah. also was the era of like the happy homemaker um and that like like domesticity was idealized in the media like mm. women were encouraged to stay at home if it could be afforded yeah. um like yeah and basically if, if, if women worked even though like their partners if, if they could afford to not work they yeah. were seen as like really selfish and like it like um like selfish against her family and stuff so this whole idea of like keeping a clean home and cleaning or whatever which is what Cinderella does yeah. this was the ideal mm-hmm. for women at the time that's what people well what people thought women should do yeah women maybe weren't you know <laughs> as into it but that no. was still the pressure that was there um which I think is really interesting yeah yeah and I think in the 50s, like, in, in a bit more off, like, topic, but, like, sex became a lot more, like, part of relationships. Mm. And I think it's being taught more, and women's, like, sexuality is probably being discussed more than people realise at this time. Yeah. Um, and it meant that, like, reading here, that, like, women, if you married at 19, people were facing 30 years of childbearing before they reached menopause on average. So, like, women were literally seen as baby machines yeah that was the that was their purpose yeah one of well one of their main purposes other than to clean the house and yeah uh, look after their husbands and like all that kind of stuff um and but it's what i think is interesting about this time is that women were clearly pushing back yeah um, maybe yeah. in like you know like subtle ways but they were pushing back yeah um and it talks in here about the fact that the pill was introduced in the late 1950s um and so it meant that like both single and married women were so excited to have that happen yeah. um, in America, specifically in America. Um, and this obviously meant that um, it kind of changed the way that the power that women suddenly have. Mm. And I think it's interesting that this, like you can see that dynamic, I think, in this in, in Cinderella and the idea that yeah. like you people want women to push into a certain boundary as like you will clean the house and then he like like bad the set mom, and then the fact that the king was like you must have a wife yeah but the thing is cinderella doesn't want to clean the house all the time no <laughs> she's not happy with that and and she doesn't go with the prince because she wants a husband she wants to be free she wants a night out basically yeah, yeah, that's a, a night out away from her miserable life <laughs> we all you know yeah so like, that's what she wants the modern woman cinderella right there doesn't want like... to go out <laughs> that's what I, that's me in a nutshell um <laughs> So I think it's interesting when you look, because I think when you think about 50s, you still think like, oh, like, you know, domesticity, depression, yeah. which yeah. it very much still was. But mm. I think the attitude of women here is really interesting when you look at Cinderella's character and her resistance yeah. to being told what to do. Because yeah. um, you think about the fact that she actually runs away from the prince. Mm-hmm. She's disobeying a man. <laughs> I know. So I know. even that in itself, when you actually think about it, is is pretty ballsy. Oh, Yeah definitely so i reckon cinderella as a character might attend a few like upturned ten, what phrase am i looking for might have turned a few heads that? yeah yeah <laughs> i think so yeah um at the time because she definitely, wasn't yeah. like you look at snow white who can't wait to tidy the beds and she can't wait mm. to cook for all the men 
Cinderella Sunday my like prince that. will come. Yeah. Like that's her whole vibe. That's what and she wants. Cinderella doesn't sing about wanting a man. She sings no. about a dream and about like this idea that like if you believe in something, it will come true. And yeah. I think that's more reflective of the women at the time. Yeah. Which I think is and again the idea that like men, like this king, were still mm-hmm. very much fixated on the idea that women must must stay at home. They must still yeah. be wives. And as you'll see in number two, that doesn't really happen. No. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I just there, there's your 1950s background. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think it's interesting to look at how that how that works in the film because you can see the the. I think Disney are quite brave because when domesticity is being romanticized in other media mm. forms, Disney are kind of saying, mm, "Is she's a slave? This woman's yeah. a slave because she's yeah. all the time." There's an interesting comment I think on like the. Um, relationship I think between like women and and media and then women yeah. and their role and um, because you know Cinderella is it questions where she's supposed to be um, and even though she's not really sure where it should be she knows yeah. it's, not, it's not there and that she feels like she should have a right to choose like yeah. even like the idea that like you know like the stepmother like locks her up like in the tower and she's like you can't lock me in here yeah there's a lot of defiance in a good there way is. yeah so, interesting that those vibes have made it into the film and I think yeah. they've managed to capture the like resistance element of women in the 50s really well yeah even though it only came out in like 1950 quite early on yeah yeah so yeah so I think it's probably was slightly like revolutionary for its time mm. potentially because she is quite headstrong and I love that about her I'd forgotten yeah. how headstrong she is I know um, same and she's so defiant and she so like knows what she wants without being rude about it as well yeah um so yeah, I reckon she was probably like would have inspired lots of women, I reckon. Um, yeah, I agree. And I probably I think lots of men would have been a bit like, um, can't you just clean? Yeah, like what is she doing? Like she's yeah. not allowed an opinion. How or, dare like, she choice? run away from a man? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like music and stuff. I think the music is bizarre in this film because you have things like a dream is a wish your heart makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have like um the nightingale song and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But then you also have like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo sounds far more modern. It does. Yeah. It sounds like a modern musical song it or like does. a kid's TV jingle. So mm-hmm. like I think that's quite interesting. Um mm. the music is, is also clearly ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's what I think about it for its time. I think it was clearly quite I think it's it's pretty impressive, it's pretty reflective of its time period. Yeah, it is, yeah. But I still think the whole like, and that's you know, it's obvious, the whole romance thing is a bit ridiculous. Um, oh yeah of course but again yeah. that's the but I, I kind of like that they don't really focus on that as much like yeah it's like that, a side part of the yeah film. I forgot like how small a part of the film the main part of the film we see is that her wanting to escape the house yeah her wanting a better life for herself um yeah. it's problematic that it has to be with the man <laughs> yeah um, that she can't just go because of any financial security um mm-hmm. so there are problems in that sense you know why could she not just go and like you know have her own life elsewhere why could she yeah. save up money or whatever but obviously you know one battle at a time yeah and <laughs> <laughs> um, so it has problems in in that sense for me but I think that when you compare it to Snow White it's an improvement yeah definitely it's how I would see it in terms of gender and stuff like that mm. um still not ideal he's no. a very the, the, the king made me feel a little bit sick watching to be honest he was so much misogynistic but again you're not supposed to like him I don't think no. so no. Disney aren't saying this is the way that you should think by by attaching those views to that character it's almost like saying this is wrong and women shouldn't be treated this way in a really yeah. subtle undertone he's meant to be quite a problematic character I think yeah. like in the film I, th- I don't think you're supposed to come away thinking like oh like he's such a great guy no, like, <laughs> <laughs> no. so yeah I agree. Yeah. 
So how about you? Well, I agree with everything you said. Oh, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the main takeaway for me, like for the time, as you've kind of already discussed, is the fact that Cinderella is so far ahead from Snow White in terms of her personality. Thank goodness we have a personality in this film. I mean, Snow White, I'm sorry, but she is just a wet wipe. Like, I'm I'm just going to say it. Like, Cinderella oozes personality. And I've forgotten how much personality she had. Yeah, but it's like, it's a really, really good personality because it's not all, as we see, it's not all just like the optimism, the hope, the dreams. She also does show in her lower moments, yeah. like when she realizes, actually, do you know what? Like I can be as positive as I like, but sometimes something's not right and she's I'm going to have to do something about woman, it. She is. And she, you can tell she's intelligent. She's yeah. way too intelligent to be cleaning um, yeah. every day and looking after all of her horrible stepsister and stepmom's things. She 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 was made for more. You can tell, yeah. and I just I I just love the fact that Disney were brave enough, like you were saying, to have such a strong like I'm going to put it in like <laughs> like inverted commas because she's not as strong obviously as the more recent women. No. But again, that's because of the time they come well, out. There's a different in. context, isn't it? Exactly. There? But she for that time is a very strong yeah. female character and. I think you're right. Like now we know the context of the fact that women were pushing and fighting against what was happening to them. Obviously not in like, you know, huge ways all the time, but still like small things obviously make changes. And as we know through history, it does work, does pay off. Um, And you can just tell that like she would, I feel like she'd be like a woman's rights, like activist because she's got that, she's got that vibe, like, she can't be quite sassy yeah. and I love that and I forgot that she was like that yeah, I really same. thought she was quite passive still um and I think she's that has not. a lot to do with the way that it's presented in like other media stuff yeah because yeah. I think you know the, the, the image that you think of Cinderella is her with all her rags on and she's cleaning and yeah, that's all you think of. in the domestic like, yeah, setting yeah. yeah but actually that's not the main focus of the film no um and you're you're so right in the fact that like she has so much personality and she's so complex mm-hmm. and I think that it, that really draws you to I always kind of group her in with like with Snow White just me too just do. yeah. I think the, the, they're, so, they're quite close in time and like you say when you compare them to someone you know like Judy Hopps or like yeah Rapunzel or Moana or Tiana yeah. it doesn't always it feels like it's miles apart but you said yourself before we get Tiana vibes from her yeah in the fact that she's determined to make her dreams happen in some form um, yeah yeah I, I love that because then again you can tell she has ambition she might yeah. not know what that ambition is because obviously in that time women couldn't have a lot of ambition because no. there wasn't a lot that they could actually do achieve no. so you know she has you can tell though she knows there's something out there for her to do she knows that things will get better and she's working towards it and she's reassuring herself every day as long as she's working as hard as she can and she keeps on dreaming she keeps focusing that something good will come of it and that is such an excellent role model for for women and I think it's quite nice when you because I think initially you can look at it and go but it's really wrong because like she leaves from like one house and then just goes to be with a man yeah yeah I think the thing is if you if you watch the second film oh what what she finds as a purpose 
yeah. in that in that home she finds a purpose yeah. where she has a role she can be kind to people she can bring that kindness that she really has to other mm. people um, mm-hmm. and she's treated well <laughs> she's treated yes. well by most people mm-hmm. um, but like she's loved <laughs> by her husband yeah I think you know that we don't need to around women women can never have men in their lives to be happy no um and I, so I think, you know, it's not like, we're not saying, oh, well, she she's a great woman because she managed to get married. That's not yeah. what we're saying. No. But what we're saying is that if you look at her attitude to life, even though she didn't always know how she was going to make things happen, she was determined that she would someday make it work. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one of the downsides of it compared to current princesses is, is the idea that, like, she probably could have, I don't know, maybe tried, like, to be more active in her, like, resistance mm-hmm. because there was no guarantee that the ball was going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like what would yeah. she have done if that hadn't have come up? Yeah. Like, yeah, there is definitely. But that. it's that mental resistance that I guess was maybe more more relevant to the fifties, maybe. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I just when I look at her, I think she's very admirable in the sense that she she just is strong to be yeah. going through that. There's yeah. a lot of arguments I've seen that people make where they're like, "Well, couldn't she have just left? Like, when you just leave if you're in that where situation, it's like, sorry, like, what would she have done? Like, like it's not that simple. No. <laughs> unfortunately, like. But even now, people can't do it. Like, because well, yeah. you, even in situations where you are financially dependent on other people, you don't have yeah. a very good support network. Where do you That's go? That's true. That's very true. And it depends what kind of situation you're in as well. Sometimes you are trapped, actually yeah. trapped. Yeah. And I think that's the thing people forget is that, um, I was going to say Mother Gothel, that is not her name. <laughs> um, that the evil stepmother, she is terrifying. She actually yeah, is a so horrible scary. woman. So it's not a case of like, you know, she could just, you know, sneak out the door. Like that woman has complete control over her. And you mm. can see the fear on Cinderella's face yes. um, when she speaks to her, or, like speaks down to her. And that scene when she like goes up her tower is chilling. So scary. Like follows her up. You can just tell oh, that horrific. she was. So yeah, it's, it's not as simple as like, you know, her just being like, right, I'm off. I'm not having any of this. I'm like, in this magical kingdom, you didn't have women's charities you could just go and no. talk to for support. You no. didn't have that. It's Nothing. hard for women today's society to do that. So, yeah, y- yeah, you're right. I think it's easy to criticize and say, like, oh, but she should have ran, should have done this, should have done that. Yeah. Where would she have gone? <laughs> exactly. And there's obviously, like you said, that it's, it's very reflective of its time, like in terms of like the women's roles and stuff. And you can see it even with the female mice, because yeah. when they're doing the dress, so like the women do the sewing yes and it's like... oh, yes and then the men go on the adventure I was <laughs> yeah this. yeah the men go through all of like the dusty holes to rescue this sash yeah. from the clutches of Lucifer I was thinking <laughs> that I was like which is like but the women can sew it's fine and you see it as well when Cinderella does it herself obviously a product of its time where um Jack is like there's a new mouse and she's like oh I must make her a dress oh, and Jack's yeah. like no no it's, it's a boy it's a boy and, she, and she's like oh that, that won't do we'll have to do and then she gets yeah. like you know a shirt and trousers so like even that it's like because then she says I think she says like well it does make a difference I think is the word she uses like uh. if it's a boy the dress won't mm. do um so there's definitely gender stereotypes and conventions within this film but that's to be expected it's not like now like if you saw that you'd think oh um like why can't boys wear dresses yeah like that's that's not on but like obviously during that time the the progression wasn't there with that so it makes sense obviously it's not right (laughs) like but and to be fair lots of boys wouldn't want to wear a dress well exactly like Like, just because the option's there doesn't mean that they necessarily go for it so so yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily like a a flaw, like it's a flaw of the time, but it's not a flaw of the film. I suppose Disney yeah. could have 
try to not quite reinforce stereotypes in the way it did. But as we've said, it is kind of also being very brave in showing Cinderella as such a strong woman. And I suppose you've got to think as well, like when we look at like, today's culture versus then, like the conversations around gender weren't as prevalent. Mm. So you probably yeah. wouldn't have thought twice about saying something like that because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't even a question. And with Disney struggling, they can't be too risky and no. too bold. <laughs> well, because they Fantasia, it didn't go very well. They're four million dollars in debt so you know we can't quite (laughs) imagine them in in like in the in the writing room like that's a bit far (laughs) yeah that's that's not (laughs) more of our financial Um, we've already got a woman who speaks so anything more than that that's (laughs) that's enough for now (laughs) you can just imagine it can't you Mm. oh but um yeah and I think it does obviously the interesting thing with Cinderella is though is that the ambition for the stepsisters and the stepmother is marriage like yeah, that's that, the like whole traditional role. 50s idea yeah like the stepmother's there to make sure her daughters are desirable women um so they will then marry and you see Ma- that marrying with money yes and she's very desperate obviously when they get invited to the ball that mm. one of them is chosen for that reason yeah. but cinderella that ambition isn't there no. like we said when she goes to the ball it's to go to the ball it is yeah. not to see the prince it's not to get married yeah. it's she just wants to be free um for an evening and yeah, like yeah. you can see how grateful she is even when the, the fairy godmother's like it's only till midnight yeah she's like, that's fine <laughs> that's more than i need i'll anyway. take it <laughs> yeah so, true. so yeah whilst it does show a lot of things that were wrong with, with the time um i think it is ahead of its time probably yeah. compared to other films that were out in I showing agree. how women can be so yeah I agree. Yes. Well, well, so that was quite a discussion, wasn't it? It was. It was, yeah. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. That brings us on to Disney fun fact number three then. So, Lucifer is based on a real cat, of course. Disney animator <laughs> Ward Kimball had a very feisty cat at the time called Feetsy interesting name interesting name <laughs> interesting name ward um i wonder if it has like little like white booty feet yeah that would be cute but would make more sense it's still I'm an not, interesting choice not feeling the name it's like no. feisty feetsy <laughs> well i thought when i first read it i thought it was called feisty i was like oh that's cool but, yeah that's no. that's bit that's better really but anyway while and while walt was visiting kimball Feetsy refused to leave the two men alone. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Which inspired Walt to have Kimball create Lucifer after his own cat, Calico. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that because Disney always like they're so good at using like stories of like um real things yeah. that happen to yeah. like people that are part of the, the company or like Walt's experiences I did with um Bambi with the rain. So yeah. They're very good. Why there's never any mums in it? Because he's, he, if you heard that story, as to why they don't think there's any mums in Disney films. No. So basically, Walt's mum died from a, I think it was a boiler or like a gas, a gas boiler leak, basically. But he'd bought her the house and and the boiler, so I think there was a kind of sense of like a guilt around that, from uh... what I remember. Um, and obviously, like losing his mum was quite sensitive. So that's why you'll find that most of the early Disney films don't have mothers in them. All the mums die. Interesting. Died. There you go. Bonus Disney fun fact. Interesting. Not Sensitive. very fun. 
quite it's sad. It's a topic. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's pretty dark, that one, to be fair. That is very dark. But it makes sense why none of the ones I don't think that he was involved with had any mums in them. Um, yeah, that makes sense as to why all the real, like, mother figures have appeared, like, later, later on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that moves on to segment number three, uh, where we discuss the characters um, and we take we look at like a specific element of the characters and then our faves. <laughs> um, so first of all, we're going to look, I think, in, in, in this section about like the dynamic between young and older women in the film, because there's been quite a lot of like talk in like Disney research. Yes, we are that nerdy <laughs> about like how younger women and older women are kind of presented within Disney films and there's this like ongoing theme around the idea that like you're, you're either like a young virginial woman who is mm. like really moral and everything or you're an older woman who has some form of power whether it's money independence or magic and you are evil you have to be evil yeah <laughs> um, and if anyone is interested um, I recommend there's like a, um, a book called From Mouse to Mermaid um, which is by like a selection of people um, and one of them is Elizabeth Bell and she wrote like an article there's like, there's like like articles within this book about Disney and politics and gender and stuff and she writes one called um, Summer Text at the Disney Shop um, and she does a whole section on like, Disney's femme fatales and talks mm-hmm. about how all the older women are always femme fatales always yeah. So they're always like very sharp or like fat. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. no like in between. Um, the idea of it's like um, clingy dresses, always like dark colours. Mm. They're always like this like ominous, om, 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 omnipotent, omniscient presence yeah. throughout the film. Um, and it's this idea that like women like don't show any kind of affection um, mm. and they're very cold and distant and I think it's quite interesting in this film in particular because the stepmother you said she's so evil in this one and Mm -hmm. we see this pattern repeated in Snow White we talked about this briefly then I think yeah but we see it repeated in Snow White we see it repeated when it comes to the little mermaid and Ursula again Mm -hmm. as well we see it we see it in in lots of Disney films and this idea that if there's an older woman yeah typically they have to be evil any woman with any form of independence is Mm. evil and I think that's where we start to see more problems with um, the gender stereotypes when, yeah. it, when it comes into that. Because if, if you look, for example, at Peter Pan, which comes not much later, um, Mrs. Darling's in it and she's fine, but she's married with kids. So she's yeah. okay. But yeah. as soon as a woman is independent and has some form of power, yeah. it has to be dangerous. So I think in this film we have Cinderella, who's like virginial, very like moral domesticated whether she likes it or not versus mm. lady tremaine and her like evil like state everything she does is evil and mean so i just wondered like what do you think about the dynamic in the film about between the young and the older women so the first thing i would say about this is i think it gives the impression to me that your life's basically over as soon as you're <laughs> an older an older woman yeah. There's no actual purpose to your life anymore. Your purpose is then your children, mm-hmm. like your life. And I know like, you know, in life, if you have ch- uh, children, they do become like your world, oh, but yeah. you can still have ambitions and yeah. like careers and everything like that. Whereas I feel like this um, dynamic gives the impression that the wicked stepmother's life is basically like her portion really of interesting, actually, yeah. is over. And now it's time for her to make what she can out of her daughter's life. Mm. And I think she comes across as very resentful 
towards yeah. life and I think that's another theme that all these women have yeah um like the evil queen she's very resentful because she's jealous of a young yeah. beautiful woman um and then obviously the the wicked stepmother is resentful I think because she knows that her daughters don't possess the same qualities as Cinderella yeah. and you know that's why she hates Cinderella because she's like well she is this like yeah. great woman but obviously she would never admit that um and then obviously um I was going to say with Sleeping Beauty, I know that's a little bit like less family uh, Mm -hmm. vibes with that one. But again, like Maleficent, um, she's such a complicated villain. But again, I feel like she has resentment. And I think that's what drives these older women. And that, to me, then just portrays um, older women. I say older women loosely as well, because what even is an older woman well yeah when we say older this we mean like not a teenager yeah basically yeah like we're an older woman yeah <laughs> but like we, are these we have to make a distinction so it's yeah. clear <laughs> um but I feel like generally they're painted as very resentful towards mm. life and it's almost like that's on purpose because it's maybe that they didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve Mm. like in terms of marriage um in terms of status in terms of power obviously in this scenario really uh the stepmother she kind of did well um but clearly she wants more it wasn't it was never enough for her and um yeah she wants more for her daughters for her essentially because that achieves status for her as well um very true but yeah I just think it's interesting to me it almost seems like you get to a certain point um in your life and it just isn't relevant whereas with men Mm. I don't feel like that's portrayed in the same way and I know we have issues with men (laughs) in this film yeah but I feel like I know a king's a king but I feel like, you know, he's not got that same representation no. where like his life's over or anything like that, I think. So I just think that's interesting because it's yeah. like they've got like a sell by date. Yeah, definitely. And especially it kind of makes him seem undesirable. Therefore, you know, the stepmother could never find love again because she's mm. had her time. Like she's had a um, marriage and that's that's she's done now. You yeah. know, it's like that kind of undesirable widow sort yeah. of vibe is yeah. what I get um which just paints women in a very nasty light really when you think about it like it's quite a negative um yeah it is portrayal it's not really something you'd want to aspire to be but I think that's what's so interesting is it's almost like a deterrent for women it's like well if you don't get married and you don't yeah you know you don't get married and you're you don't kind of like succumb to like the, the ideals that are expected of you mm. you'll end up bitter and, and dangerous yeah and, and like yeah. that's why in the book when it talks about like being like a femme fatale the idea that like dangerous woman mm. like a deadly woman the idea that like women who aren't attached to a man are dangerous mm. it, it's it's a, a I'm running a dangerous message to send it is um and it it'd be different is. if it was like a one-off but like you say we have in a row you have mm. The evil queen, Lady Tremaine, and then Male- Maleficent, and yeah. they're all in a row. Yeah. Um, and is trying to think who, and like, and I'm guessing the one after that is the Little Mermaid, isn't it? So you've got Ursula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all resentful, yeah. in some way, it's or jealous. Older yeah. women who find their kind of satisfaction in life from taking the the happiness of a younger woman. Yeah. It's it's a weird, repetitive vibe. Mm. 
yeah and it's kind of like it's kind of like a message to like younger women to be like right this is what you don't want to be like achieve these things while you're young like it's it's just such a weird message I think because I I wouldn't say it's like positive at all no it's really not because even that the young thing like again it's it just goes to show that within this these time periods of these films that women were made to feel like you know if they hadn't married by this yeah. age if they didn't have kids they were a failure like if they hadn't amounted to anything and obviously 19 yeah. is so young yeah. that was like the ball mark like that, that, was, that yeah. was like the goal like imagine like I couldn't imagine that like having to have achieved all of those things no. you know like by so young when I was 19 and- I was burning chocolate in the microwave well exactly like <laughs> like it's not really a responsible age no like not at all and like you don't even know what you want to do at that age like no. you, you have you you just don't know you have enough life experience but I guess in these times it wouldn't have mattered because no. women weren't given the option so much as to think about what you wanted to become no. what you would become as a wife and a mom so that was the expectation um mm. so it wasn't a case of hitting 19 and being like what do I want to do it was well no. I need to find a man um, but I think that's why it's so sad is it's like it's such a sense of urgency yeah like because it's such an early age it's like you have to have done this by yeah. this time otherwise for the rest of your life you'll be cast out you'll be the people that people judge yeah. like you're not going to fit in with society and yeah it's just a very like toxic mm. thing really um so yeah I think it's very interesting about the whole like women having power being a dangerous yeah. thing as well like why does that make them dangerous and obviously I'm guessing the reason is because women are not meant to have you know minds that mm. think about anything else other than their roles in society and it's just it's frustrating it's a really it's, yeah. really frustrating thing for us to look at yeah when we're in such a privileged position yeah. still not you know like a hundred percent no like but more you know, so yeah like in such a better position like we're yeah. able to have ambitions um you don't have to have a man or a woman you don't have to be married you don't no. have to have a children like you can do what no. you want which was just completely unattainable for women from this time most yeah. for the most part so yeah it's just it's just interesting because you're right like this is such a stark difference like you can never have like the older woman be a happy like positive presence in the film they are there as an antagonist Mm. and it's like why does the female character have to be the antagonist in these films like because that's the thing when you think about it there aren't any male antagonists in the princess films no so until later later down the line but in the early ones they're all women so and it's almost like they set up this like dynamic that's like what women should be afraid of is being alone yeah and being independent and it's my thing with it about the whole power that you were saying before is it's this idea that if you if you give woman a woman power she can't handle it yeah it's too much that's the vibe it it gives off it's like as soon as you give a woman like a bit of power like she can't handle it she can't she can't use it responsibly yeah Um, she'll go crazy yeah and it's this it's we throw ourselves right back in history it's the idea of the witch trials and and, Mm -hmm. and, you know you look at like Salem and the fact that witches because they were often unmarried women who had some form of respectability within or um 
some kind of like knowledge of like yeah. herbs and healing within a community that wasn't allowed it, it seems to date right back to that idea of if a woman is slightly useful mm. <laughs> um, yeah and you know Lady Tremaine is not a pleasant character she no. is deliberately mean um but she's there's no complexity about it which for me I think is the problem mm. you don't ever get to see like the other side of her well yeah like it's nice when you get to see like a bit of background like behind mm. why someone is like the way they are as well yeah. which we don't get much of with especially her especially because you were saying before like the we, we see both sides of Cinderella where we see the optimistic yeah. like determined side but then we also see that vulnerable side where she she does have moments where she thinks it's never ever going to get better yeah um but with the stepmother it's always like you, it's very predictable how she's going to behave yeah um and you know it's like we look at Ursula we jump forward a, a few more films we we never really know what happened with Triton she clearly has no. a resentment to and she makes references mm. like when she lived in like Atlantica and stuff but we never know why and it, it's almost like we can't justify women's emotions yeah if yeah they're older in inverted commas um but yeah then the women who are younger seem to be too emotional because they feel yeah. like on the bed when anything gets difficult yeah so it's a while I think the film is really good at like portrayal obviously like you know a, a more headstrong woman I still mm. think it has a lot of a way to go yeah in its presentation of women in general um as a whole because it's this idea that you know you have to be jealous of other women and it, it sets up yeah. this like horrible um dynamic that other women can't be friends and you can't be like a girl's girl yeah and because like, it's a competition yeah, yeah the whole thing is between the stepsisters it's a competition yeah um, it's awful like yeah. they're your sisters <laughs> yeah like it's, it's horrible it's like women feel threatened by each other and you, you were right before the idea of like when the older woman the idea that like you know she's she feels threatened by the young woman and again we mm. see that in snow white we see it we see it in loads um and it is this idea of like well these women are resentful for the fact that you know that their youth they want their youth and women women are only useful for their youth and once yeah. you lose your youth then you like you say you become useless to society because you can't get a man and you can't have kids so it's yeah. then this whole idea of like well if, have they passed it through like a menopause period like mm. where women at this point are no longer useful to society but then I also think it's interesting because you have the fairy godmother in amongst all of this yeah it's an older figure who has magic and is very positive as yeah. well yeah but she's there for like very briefly yeah so it's weird how like most of the figures align with this narrative mm. but then you get her out of nowhere being like really nice <laughs> but the thing with that though is what I would say is like again like I don't know this might be reading too much into it but it's like is that saying that a woman always needs to be saved in some form mm. and therefore she needs a fairy godmother because she can't make it on her own by yeah, her own true. devices it's like would would the prince have a fairy godmother you know like it's very that true, kind of very thing true. but that might be being a bit too into no, no, it. that's a good point it's but, just, and yeah it's a good point and I think the idea again is that like what does the fairy godmother doesn't come and talk her through her problems no <laughs> she comes and she makes her look pretty again and it's like okay, she, yeah now. <laughs> she like temporarily solves them like which I wish night. I had that happen to be oh, fair yeah right but I think like, if you actually look into it deeply and look at the representation of, of women in their relationships mm. it's the idea that like you know well then if older women aren't being mean to young women then they're there to make sure that they conform to the the ideals yeah exactly um, and it's a very grim way of looking at the fairy godmother when you think about it that way we're not saying that's exactly the way that the film no. is intended but it's an interesting comparison like you say it's not like she doesn't sit there and you know go okay 
give here's how we're going to get you out of here it's mm. I'll give you a three hours <laughs> yeah and then you're on your own and we never see her again exactly so like where was the fairy godmother when she was trapped in the tower well exactly <laughs> I mean that you'd think that'd be a bit more of an urgent time I'm say, I'd rather up. have a fairy godmother help me escape than give me as lovely as the dress was mm. I'd rather be freed from my tower well exactly and again I think it shows like the priorities yeah of what they were trying to get across like the priorities is that like she meets the prince they fall in love they get Mm -hmm. married um so yeah it is interesting though because she is very different to the other um older women yeah and i can't (laughs) think of any other older women at this time no not yet like we have like like the nurse in like robin hood later on with maid marion but again, yeah. like she's boy obsessed. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like later on in Sleeping Beauty, you've got the fairies. Um, but even they are very like positive, but even then you still kind of got the like stereotypes. Um, yeah. With yeah. Well, this house. idea of like the three spinsters like, looking after yeah. the child in the forest. Like it's yeah. Um but I just think it's an interesting conversation to have when you look at the way they're prevent- presented e- in it as an evil way. Because, and like you say, where are the male villains? For me, the yeah. the king in this could quite easily be a villain. Yeah. But he's made to be more comical. Yeah. And it's an interesting way of that we, we we make misogynistic males look really comical. We don't yeah. like them, but they're, they're meant to be like funny. Yeah. And like a bit outlandish. But mm. then when it's a woman, it seems to be like she is evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So interesting, interesting dynamics there, I think. Um, mm. and there seems to be like an in-between it's like when you look at the step, step sisters mm. it's the idea that they're kind of learning off of her yeah exactly like she's teaching them the ways yeah and it's this idea of like well we don't like these characters either because the independent older woman um is raising them to be as equally evil as her and that yeah. can't be trusted yeah so um, you know, as we say, Lady Tremaine is a horrible person in this film. Yeah, not defending her at all, but nope. it's the way that she's been chosen to be portrayed. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's a version of Cinderella where she says sorry. I'm trying to remember what version it is. Ooh. There's a version where, where they have a moment. Trying to find the right sorry, but Cinderella and, and Lady Tremaine have a moment where it's more like a. I can't remember it properly, but there's, there's one adaptation where there's a moment where it's it's more like a. A respect type of moment mm. it's interesting I try and find what it is um, and I think I always think that kind of obviously clearly sticks with me because it's almost like at that point Cinderella knows that you know she's it's not about Cinderella it's about her it's about Lady Tremaine and her yeah. stories and let's not forget you know like her husband's dead well um, yeah but then there's always the question of like was it for money yes because it's always kind of I always think of it as it sounds horrible but <laughs> like as if she was waiting for him well, yeah to just you but know... again that's the way that they portray her like so the yeah. window, like whilst you know while the dad's Ugh. dying and there's no kind of like love there no she like literally smiles when cinderella's like breaking down as a yeah. young girl that her father's just died she's there with like an evil grin like yeah you know... waiting to pounce yeah it's yeah. just yeah it's very it's very toxic and it does show that there was a fear of portraying men in any negative mm. way. And like you say, the king could be perceived as an antagonist because he's not great. No. But they had to put a 
comedic spin on it so as to not be taken too seriously yeah. to not think about him too much and his problematic ways yeah. so it's interesting the choice of representation mm. and how it's delivered and you could probably get away it. with it a bit more if it wasn't so repetitive yeah but they like yeah. like all of these four princess first four princess films have this problem mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah so anyway moving away from that serious topic <laughs> very deep uh, times yeah i know um who are your favorite characters in the, sh- in the film well usually i don't feel like it is the protagonist no but this time cinderella yeah what's an absolute i was gonna say queen she's not a queen but you know what i mean she's she will be one day <laughs> <laughs> i love her i didn't realize how much i loved her she's such a role model like yeah. she really is like aside from all the stuff we've discussed like <laughs> just think of her as a positive optimistic ambitious person and the fact that she has hope yeah. when times are so miserable and dark and I know a lot of people um say like that's a really toxic thing because they're like she should be trying to get out of that situation but mm. as we've discussed that's not an easy thing for her to yeah. do so what she's trying to do is make the best of a bad situation but she's not doing it passively no. she's not agreeing that what she's being forced to do is right and you know no. being happy about it and like of course this is my role that's not what she does at all because she's defiant she pushes yeah. back when things are wrong she's not afraid to speak her mind which is amazing going from snow white to this well yeah is incredible and i just it's interesting because i just didn't expect this from this no. film in 1950 at all and it's like you said earlier like when you watch it later on you realize things that you didn't um when you were younger mm. that wasn't the priority when we were younger we weren't thinking about this no. this struck a chord with me so much the way that she is just such a strong character yeah. like I just I love the fact that she remains so kind like yeah. because I know again people dismiss that and they're like well why is she being so kind to them all and it's like it's like that idea and I think the live action does as well that her father was a very kind person yeah. and her mother and so she gets that and she thinks yeah. that you know just be kind to people it doesn't cost anything to be kind and remain hopeful and optimistic um about your situation yeah and you know keep dreaming because maybe like someday something will happen to you yeah. and it, I love that and I think we all need a bit of that in our lives yeah. to be honest like is it's just if you think about like bad situations you're in if you just think about them constantly uh it's it's miserable it makes you worse yeah. but if you're in those situations and you think about you know the positives there might not be many but yeah. if you think about them and hold on to them and maybe start dreaming about what could be, yeah, it also massively changes your mindset and makes it you does. happier in that moment. You have to make the best of the situation that you're in. I think that's the message yeah. that she gives off. And the fact that she she dreams about things is again yeah. a step up. Yeah. Snow White's just there, like, someday my prince will come. Like, and it's again, like, yeah, it's a it's that <laughs> classic, like, I want princess song that they all have, but here's yeah. I want a prince. Yeah. Literally. Literally. And obviously, I know we have the So this is love. I know we have that, which is problematic. But I think with that song that you've got to remember, like, she's never really experienced love since her dad died. No. And she's true. never even had someone like show her any positive apart from the mice and the birds no one showed her any positive attention no one has looked at her like she's not dirt in so long so you've got to think from her perspective like 
if she's gonna come out it's like when people have like been like you know abducted or abused or whatever because I, I find mm. it quite interesting the right at the beginning of the film and it, it's quite brutal the way that they describe it they go, yeah she was, like they yeah. use the word abused in the film about her yeah which I thought was quite interesting quite it strong is. terminology but when people kind of come out and they kind of like the first person who's nice and they kind of tend to cling to them and they trust yeah. them yeah. and I think that would be the same for him he he actively goes out of his way mm. to show her kindness so of course she probably feels she realizes well this is what it feels like to her and her it's like it must be love because yeah. this is what it feels like to be treated nicely by somebody yeah and if you think of it in basic terms all she's ever known is hatred what's yeah. the opposite of hatred love yeah and she hasn't ever had complex like enough people in her life to realize the complexity of different levels of friendship yeah, either you know what I mean so like it's very basic it's very like well these people aren't nice to me they don't like me to this yeah. person and so it must be love and he's a man so it must be love <laughs> yeah um, so I think if you look at it from that perspective I think anyone would feel the same way if they hadn't been treated nicely in so long yeah that is very true that is true when you think of it like that actually I didn't think about it in that way oh, there you go <laughs> we always learn something we do we do but I also think it's not even just the defiance and like um the optimism she's actually quite like funny and like sassy as well because there's a oh, bit yeah. where she's just about to go up to the singing lesson and she like says oh, to, like yeah. Jack and Gus Gus like should we go and like interrupt the music lesson and like she this, says it in yeah. a way where it's like you know she's obviously music is not really yeah music. yeah she like pulls a face and it's like, look at that. Like, she clearly so is witty as well. Yeah, she Which, is. again, is nice because you usually only see that from uh, male characters. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see that she's got layers to her personality, mm, very, very uh, cool. which makes her more of a complex character because, unfortunately, Snow White isn't complex. No. Um, <laughs> no. So, yeah, she, she's just great. And I just think now... I really didn't expect for her to be this great. Like when I rewatched it, I really wasn't expecting no. it. And like, you're right. I lump her in with like Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Snow White. She's so much better. Yeah. She really is. Because yeah. obviously we'll talk about Aurora when we come to it. Oh. But, but Poor Aurora was done so dirty. Yeah. We can safely say without rewatching that film. Yeah. That again, Cinderella has more personality. So we seem to go backwards for some reason. We do, and I don't know why that happens. We'll explore that in eight weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weeks. So Cinderella is like definitely my favorite character in the film. Yeah. Which you like I know like it sounds cliche, like it's obvious, like main character, but no, not always yeah, the case. I know what you mean. And I think for me, after having watched it, like I was like, I watched Cinderella and like I quite like, you know. Mm. the songs and stuff but I'm not really sold on her it's gonna, it's gonna frustrate me when I watch it because she's quite yeah. passive yeah and I watch it like do you know what like she's she's so much more than I would get I'd given her credit for yeah I've never really definitely. felt like a, an um uh attachment to Cinderella before mm. I've never really like when in the parades been like, oh, that's nice oh. like when I've gone to meet characters like I've met Cinderella briefly but like, that's nice but like she was never a priority and I feel like now she very much would be for me I oh, think yeah. Cinderella like Same. merch and stuff like that is probably going to be appeal to me a lot more now yeah I agree. I'd always kind of just dismiss the film and it's yeah. wrong of me um which is why it's nice for us to rewatch it I think because it, yeah. it shows us that you can absorb all of like the the general generalisms generalizations yes yeah. of, of these films from the media from social media from other people yeah and you forget that actually people take a teeny tiny little part of it and blow it out of proportion mm. and I think like what people mistake when they think of her as passive is 
she's very calm in situations where you know a lot of people wouldn't be calm yeah like when she's mistreated she's still very polite and kind yeah and I think that's why people mistake her as obviously she's not like you know not passive in some ways no. but I think people think she's overly passive but let's not forget she's a victim of abuse well so exactly when you look at it properly like she's literally been held captive for years mm-hmm. the victim of abuse you're not you you people become subdued that's what happens yeah exactly um so and I I just think she's so admirable like I just think that if I was going through that you know you just think about like, the emotions you'd be feeling yeah. And she gets through it in a really, really like inspirational way. I was a really mature way as well. Yeah, I think. very mature for her age as well. Which again, she's obviously grown up a lot quicker yeah. because of the situation she's been in. Because she's had to, she hasn't had a choice. Um, but I, one of the things I love most about her though, is she's so grateful. Yeah. For things like when she has the fairy godmother. Yeah, that's true. She's just so grateful to have a bit of time, like away from her yeah. life yeah and you know a lot of people would have been like only till midnight like that's not enough like <laughs> like what I still know? don't know why she couldn't do it past midnight I know what was the reason we need to know that like Ridiculous. someone that find that yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> let us know because we don't, I don't like, understand I feel like this the, the stepsisters would have questioned the time do you know what I mean because oh they're God, more absolutely. privileged they've been like no give us like, as like I want it forever exactly but because she is she's just so pure in the sense that she's, she's not entitled at all is she? no she's not entitled and she could have well she could been, be yeah easily because you know after all it was her dad well, like yeah. that had the the house like you know you're gonna have thoughts of how did I end up in this position like my dad owned this place yeah. like that kind of thing um but yeah I, I I just think the gratitude she shows the fairy godmother is it's sad obviously in a lot of ways yeah. because it's like it's really sad but like it's also admirable as well I agree um so yeah obviously she's my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you need to talk about the animals I was gonna say that's where I'm going next yeah <laughs> don't worry but I also I know their voices can be a little bit annoying um but I love the mice I yeah. love the mice I love Gus Gus and I love Jack and or, or Jacques because he's Jacques, Jacques. <laughs> um I love them so so much and I don't think the film will be the same without no. them um I, I know people like you could argue they're in it a bit too much which okay fine because they do have a lot of scenes um but I think the comedy with them really works like mm. I think it's really funny um I know it's kind of like a bit Tom and Jerry-esque with Lucifer yeah. and the mice but again like I love how dedicated they are to Cinderella mm. and how they'll do anything for her. Like yeah. when they see that she's upset or like she, she might miss an opportunity because they know what the stepsisters and stepmother yeah. are like, they, they jump at the chance to help her in any way they can. And they're only small creatures. Yeah, like they, they have limited capabilities. Yeah. It takes them forever to do everything that they do. And yet they still do it Yeah, because they just admire her so much and love her so much which again is very testament to her character and the whole kindness thing that I was saying before and I just feel like um Jack and Gus Gus are like an iconic duo like because you've got Jack who is obviously competent and he knows what he's doing and Gus he's obviously more of a like he's more of a comic relief character 
like really because he's kind of there for like the, the laughs but I also love the fact that he's not he doesn't have like he, he does have a personality yeah, yeah yeah like he's not just completely there for that which yeah, is nice I agree. um so yeah I I think they really add a lot to the film and like coming back to that review that said about how it was weird for Cinderella to like speak to animals and stuff I don't know like I just think you would do that like if you're in that situation yeah you would like try and speak to anyone you could otherwise you'd be talking to yourself all the time well yeah um and I don't know I just think it's it, I think it's lovely that all of these animals help her yeah and, like band together it's really nice and they're obviously like you know they stick up for themselves as well like with Lucifer like yeah. and they stick up for Cinderella in the situation she's in so even that then like the animals are being portrayed with their own personalities yeah. rather just as like an add-on even um, like I'm, the little ones even the ones that like aren't the main mice yeah. still have their attitude which I think is really nice yeah exactly like rather than just like sidekicks which yeah. sometimes we can have some sidekicks that are pretty annoying meaningless and annoying yeah. yeah they're just literally there so like a princess can have an animal by herself. yeah 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 so yeah I, I think they add I think they add things to the story um because they show a lot of Cinderella's character yeah. as well which I think is important but I can understand why people might not like them um as much as I do because they can I, I can understand it's a bit irritating like sometimes when you see so much of them some yeah. of their scenes are quite long as well because of like I was saying they're not that capable so everything takes longer for yeah. them um and the whole cat and mouse thing yeah like, it can, can be a bit predictable on. can't it yeah yeah exactly I think to be honest like the um the mice we keep talking about the second one I think they really <laughs> shine in yeah. Cinderella 2 um as well so you, you get to see more of them in that yeah but Lucifer. It's a big well, fat no from me. He's just a privileged cat. He's the epitome of privilege, that cat. Yeah, he is. And yeah, it's just interesting. I, I, I like the fact that they even like use an animal to portray like the difference between yeah. the stepmother and the stepsisters and then like Cinderella and the yeah. mice and like the birds. It's like levels, it's like a hierarchy within Yeah, the very house. true, yeah. So, yeah. And I also think another thing to mention is when, you know, when um, Lucifer is like basically looking for Gus Gus because yeah. he's like, yeah. And like Cinderella's taking up the tea to the stepsisters and yeah. Gus is in the teacup. And obviously Anastasia finds Gus in the yeah. teacup and she screams. It's all a big like thing, a big scene. When Cinderella, rather than being scared of the consequence of what's going to happen now that Anastasia's like uncovered there was a mouse in her cup, yeah, she's more worried about Gus. Like Gus, Gus, is he okay? Yeah, like she's like Lucifer. True. Like where is he? Like her priorities are just they're nice. right, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think to me, like the animals and Cinderella come very hand in hand um, because yeah. I think the animals help build a lot of the character um and qualities yeah. of Cinderella because they kind of show they help to showcase it don't they yeah yeah definitely um so yeah they're like my my favorite characters I think I don't think it's difficult isn't it because like the stepsisters they are really shown to be just like minions of them yeah. like they don't really the... yeah because they don't really get a lot of screen time really no. 
and they don't really say a lot they just are horrible no. people <laughs> yeah so yeah and the king is very problematic as we've so already discussed so i do like the um his advisor his advice yeah. yeah i like him he has a bit of something to him that makes him a bit more you can imagine him you're like because when he goes none of these women have mother qualities and he's like say it i can yeah. just imagine him being like that's not very pc yeah like, <laughs> exactly he's that kind of person because when he goes on and on about how he's like you weren't expecting like him to just find someone yeah, you're yeah. like like so he's quite he seems a bit more realistic about things yeah. and like has a different attitude towards things than the king does so i think he's a bit more likable for that reason yeah um the grand duke yes there we go he seems to have a bit more of a conscience than the king he has a bit more about him he's like it's it's like when when they're trying to like put the slipper on the steps and he's just like are you for real yeah he's like come on it doesn't fit Let's and I also love how he's like he's so real like when he's in when he's in the, the garage and he's fallen asleep he's been going yeah. round and round um and then like when he has to go and like, I love you know when he's like practicing to tell the king oh, that yeah. they've lost Cinderella like, that's I, so funny <laughs> I love that actually I think that's great because like it just it's it's just more realistic like you know he yeah he's he I think he's a good character I, I do really like the fairy godmother as well yeah because she is also a queen but she's we don't see such... a lot of her do we no. as much as you think we would see of her but we, we she's barely in it yeah i think because of bivity bobbity boo you i i felt at least it was longer like that, that she was in yeah, it like and yeah. it was only for the reason of the ball but like but i felt so like brief. yeah it just went so quickly yeah. so she's great but again like we were saying earlier could she have done things differently and more impact Fully on Cinderella in the she situation. She could have given her like a treasure of cash and been like, "Off you go, hun. Well, yeah. Best life. <laughs> There's that as well. Like, did it have to be the root of a man to save her? Yeah. You know. But she is still a great character. Yeah. Um, and she is. And I like again that we get to see more about her in the sequel. Yes, exactly. Really nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, and obviously again, she is a positive female presence, which is nice to see. Yes. And contrasts hugely mm-hmm. with the uh, wicked stepmother. So yeah, very very true. Very true. Yeah, I think this is one of those films that for me, like the protagonist is definitely yeah. the standout character, which is interesting because of the reviews as well. Yeah, obviously, very I agree true. that I I the animals are present, but for me, they don't take away from the story with the humans I mean you might disagree mm. but for me they don't so yeah I don't think they take away so much but for me there was a bit too much of them I think in an mm. hour 18 film I think that their scenes were long and a bit repetitive yeah. so yeah. like I'm all for them I was like a good little laugh I love Jack and Gusto <laughs> I like Jack and, and, um, and Gus Gus I love I love the women mice I love them and I love mm. like especially in the sequel as well like they're just oh, I love them um they're so caring and kind um and I, I love the characters I really really do but I just feel like their scenes are just a bit repetitive so like you know when like, yeah. they're trying to get like the beads and they're trying to get like stuff it just it goes on and on and I'm like you know what like, yeah it's like Tom and Jerry-esque and it's just a bit like and I think that that's meant to appeal to like the the younger audiences. Like, yeah, children. definitely. I like you know almost slapstick humor, but in animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did find sometimes their scenes were on like just a little bit too long, and I was like, yeah, I get, I get it. Like, like not, it felt like to me like nothing new was being added. Mm. 
in the length of those scenes not the frequency of them just the length of them yeah um so when you watch like to me watching as like an older adult it just felt a bit more like yeah we, we, we get it <laughs> yeah like I get the cat doesn't like you I get you want to get the beads like it was only, only a few times and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed like their friendship I always love like Jacques and Gustav's friendship is so mm, cute yes. um I love that they've got such starkly different personalities, but yeah. they work so well together. And yeah. they're so selfless, all the mice when they make her dress just makes me want to sob. It's so I cute. Um, but, I, but I can see that idea of like, the, for me, they were just a bit, they were a bit too, too long at times. And I do get people's mm. point of view when they're like, they kind of take over because they're kind of always there. But I think yeah. you're right as well in the sense that like they reveal so much about Cinderella's character that if mm. they weren't there, we would lose something because yeah. we wouldn't be able to see how like how she reacts to the people, how she reacts mm. to people in need. Um, so I think they're definitely needed in the film. I just think maybe they could have been like slightly less. And maybe it's because I just find Lucifer really annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah, he um, is so annoying. Um, yeah, I think I just find Lucifer so annoying as a character. But like for me, yeah, like it's um, it's quite difficult because he's so repetitive. Like it's like we're gonna just chase the mice. So yeah. I think the problem is probably more Lucifer <laughs> than it is the the mice. Just like, I just find him quite a boring character. Sorry if you like cats. I'm sorry. Mm. I just think he's I just think he's so a bit like with the Lady Tremaine. Very predictable. Yes, that's and no redeeming qualities. Yeah. And we don't, again, we don't see a reason really why they are the way they are. Like, it's that classic thing of, yeah. like, he's just a privileged cat. Yeah. <laughs> he can get what he wants, like. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, I like the animals, but I can see the argument for the fact that, that there was a lot of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm not on board with the whole, like, why did she speak to them? Because I'm like, well, there was no one else. <laughs> yeah, she's going to have friends somehow. Everyone needs social interaction. And that's mm-hmm. how she had to have it. Because yes. she, because you've got to remember, like, she spoke to her stepsisters very politely. Like, mm-hmm. how are you today? They never gave her anything back. No. So she had to go somewhere. For that. Which is why I think I'm, I'm really, like, I think she's my favorite character as well. Because I think there's this idea of, like, you don't need to lower yourself to other people's standards. Mm-hmm. And you can be treated like she is really horribly. Yeah, she's not going to compromise who she is just because yeah. somebody else isn't a very nice person. And I think that's so admirable because it can be really easy when someone isn't very nice to you or someone behaves in a way to you that you don't like to be yeah. like, well, if that's how they're going to behave, then I'm going to behave that way as well. And then it can make you yeah. like change who you are as a person, mm-hmm. and that's not right. You know, you should you should always kind of stay true to who you are. Um, yeah. So I, I find that's one of my favorite parts of her is that she never compromises who she is. And I love like just how real she is. Like, you know, when she mm. wakes up in the morning and she goes, oh, that clock, like, oh, yeah, it's just so funny. Um, yeah, and I love that. Whereas like Snow White wakes up and she's like, ah, yeah, what a beautiful day. I'm going to make you all breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> whereas, perfect looking as well. Yeah, whereas Cinderella wakes up in a little plaits. Oh, and like so rolls back over and is like, I want to go back to bed. I'm such, you know what, hon, I get it. I get this vibe. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think like everything that you said, but then the fact that she's presented as like a very real, the fact that like she has mm. like a different hairstyles throughout, like based yeah. on what she's doing. Although my qualm <laughs> with this, you know when she balances the tray on her head and yes. the balances them on her hands. If yeah. you've seen the sequel, she can't balance a book on I her know. head. Yeah, it's not. It's not consistent. What is the truth? Like, I, was, I was watching it and I was like, why did it take yeah. her weeks? 
to protect. Because yeah. that's like a massive part of the plot. Like, it's, yeah. it's huge. So, like, massive. about how she struggles to like walk straight and yeah. balance. And I'm like, yeah. well, you've been doing it for years, clearly. You seemed fine, like, you know, <laughs> when you were serving breakfast. Like, that's yeah. true. That's more like a steak than a book. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but that yeah, that made me laugh when I was watching. That it. I was is like, funny. You magically forgot how to do that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love her. Um, mm. I just feel really. I feel like we need to give the prince a bit of a shout out because I I feel so sorry for him. Yeah, as a I do too. And I'm glad that he gets a bit more of a spotlight in number two. But even oh, then, he's yeah. sent away to war or a duty or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a shame that because he seems like a really nice guy. Well. Yeah, he does seem like a nice guy. And to be fair, to give him some credit, he doesn't just take the first woman he sees. He could very easily have done that. And he also is very against his father's ideas. This is something he doesn't say. It's a shame he doesn't get to voice himself. You know, like, you know, like the way you see like Eric, like voice his ideas. It's a shame we don't get that kind of scene because we know through the king's conversation with the duke that he's not willing to just get married no like he, he's not willing to just take the first woman he sees to get married to have kids yeah. have grandchildren for his dad he clearly has his own ideas of what he wants yeah which i like because it's not conforming you know like obviously it conforms mm-hmm. to the fact that men have more choice it conforms to that but he's not conforming to what his dad wants for him which is the normal like the society's yeah. norms i agree so, Gonna give him credit and I like that. the fact that he like seeks her out and yeah. like obviously makes her feel like really special and stuff and mm-hmm. like he's never rude he's always very polite yeah. to her um in the brief moments that we see I love that when he goes up the stairs so, like she's looking quite lost at the top of the stairs yeah and he comes so up cute. and is like takes her hand and like takes her away private like he doesn't flaunt her in front of people it's not so, like look at this prize the most beautiful woman in the room is dancing with me like he takes her away to have like a private yeah. moment and I think that yeah this is it's a shame that we don't get to see more of his character, I think. Yeah, definitely. I just, I think, like, you can just tell that he's not up for doing things the way he his yeah. dad wants him to, the way he's expected to, which I like because yeah, same. it gives him personality, which yeah. obviously we would prefer, actually prefer to see, but at well, least yeah. we get the vibe. You know it's there somewhere. We get a vibe that he's a good guy. Whereas Ferdinand could have been a serial killer, <laughs> for all we know. We get nothing. Well, he watches <laughs> randomly roam in the forest. Well, he just Bit walks weird. in and sings out of nowhere. And it's like... Well, yeah, because he was like... She was actually running away from him in the castle. Mm-hmm. And he didn't stop. Do you want to hear more about how problematic that scene was? Go back to episode two. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talk a lot about that we in do. that episode. Which is why it's so weird that it's just so different. Um, yeah. When you compare that with that and then with Stephen Beauty I find it bizarre I think it'll be an interesting conversation yeah. when we come to Stephen Beauty later down the line yeah definitely yeah because things think... picked up here like they really picked up yeah and yeah like you said we seem to go downhill so interesting conversation to come in yeah. probably quite distant future sorry yes but, there's quite yeah. a few films between this and now and the classics <laughs> but you something to look forward to them to keep you entertained yeah yeah but yeah so, yeah, are there any of the characters you think deserve a, a note? I think we've talked about all of them, to be fair. I think we actually have managed yeah. to do quite a decent job of covering them all. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right, like Lady Tremaine, she's not complex enough for you to even feel a bit of no. sympathy for her. That's you know exactly problem. how she's going to, like, smirk and what she's going to say, and it's yeah. sad that she's such a um, predictable character, really. Yeah, it's a shame. 
because in terms of a villain, she's a great villain because she's so evil and she is chilling to watch, definitely. But you're right, you know what her next move is going to be. You know, like when she trips up the um, the guy with the the slipper, you knew she was going to do something like that. It's not as surprising. And I think when you look, I think complex villains are just far more interesting um, when they've got like a chip on their shoulder and stuff. And we know that like, um, she's only being mean to Cinderella because she knows that Cinderella should own all of this stuff and she doesn't. And it's more like a hat, like I want up you. Whereas we look at villains like Scar, an amazing villain mm. but because he feels so hard done to his entire life he's got such a chip on his shoulder we look at like Ursula again feels like she's been mistreated and she feels like she's been hard done to yeah. but feels that I feel like you know obviously we get more infinite later down the line it makes more sense but even in yes. the original film the fact that everyone's invited except her bit mm. rude mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bit rude it is <laughs> the entire kingdom and everyone around us so it's like this bitterness same when then we look at like even like the more recent villains like Mother Gothel and it's this yeah. like selfish obsession with beauty and, and use mm. that like consumes her and it just makes them more Hades again feels like second best to Zeus and is really resentful of the way that Zeus yeah. has treated him and the rest of them all have like a reason to hate the people that they hate yeah make it right what they do no. but it makes it more interesting to watch it's because you can see why they're doing what they're doing yeah whereas about with Lady Tremaine it's like it's it's more like it's like an undercurrent of just like well, it's like she's one up to because she's got her dad's estate and it yeah I don't know it's a, it's a weird one for me because they're not done anything wrong to her apart from no. being attractive exactly she, she's just mean and spiteful because she can be she can and she be, has yeah. the power to be and what a miserable way to live so while she's <laughs> a great villain like you say to watch yeah if you actually think about it she's not one of the best villains because again it's very two-dimensional yeah one-dimensional <laughs> yes one-dimensional. Yeah. the opposite yeah 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 please stand clear of the doors por favor manténganse alejado de las puertas well, that brings us on to the fun fact number four, then the final one of the episode. So, Werner Felton, who portrayed the fairy godmother in Cinderella, has also um, voiced Flora in Sleeping Beauty, the elephant matriarch in Dumbo, the queen of hearts in Alice in Wonderland, and Sarah in Lady and the Tramp, and is the voice of an elephant in the Jungle Book. Wow. What an impressive Disney resume that is. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Like, that's Imagine a good being spread. All of those people. I know. That's, that is amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, well. You, you will now know from these. <laughs> if we do, do a Disney quiz for you, Rosie, and any of these are in there's your clue. I'll definitely remember. Because <laughs> well, I think isn't it as well like Lady Tremaine is the same voice actress as the as Maleficent. Yes. Yeah. So I think in the early days they reused a lot of the same people, mm. but that was very typical of like films back then. Anyway, where studios would like sign actors on for like a section of films, a bit like something like Marvel does now. But yeah. Like, obviously, it's in the same franchise. Um. Because I know if you listen to like, um, oh, what's her name? The person who wasn't um, Scott um, Black Widow, but could have been Emily Blunt. When oh, you hear her talk right, about yeah. the reason that she didn't take Black Widow, it's because she was in a contract with a different studio to do mm. four films or five films, and she had to do Gulliver's Travels. And I think that was that was the way it used to work in in the past was that you'd sign up yeah. to a studio. So I wonder if that was the way it worked because they used so many of the same people. Like the little girl who played Alice is also the little girl who played Wendy. Yeah, so you see that a lot in the earlier films. But I always think it's so interesting. Um, yeah, it is. Like the Queen of Hearts and the and, I know and the Fairy Godmother, the same person. Like what? That's it's so cool. It's such a cool like Disney resume to have. Like it's so long, and most oh. of them aren't very nice. 
No, that's true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, the elephant matriarch. Oof. Oh, no, thank you. No from me. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings on to segment four, where we just summarise our thoughts on the film and give you our score out of ten. So, Rosie, you are first today. Excellent. So, asking you for your overall thoughts on the film, quite briefly, please. And how oh, I see. Out of ten. Okay. Um, very pleasantly surprised with how good it is. I would definitely watch this out again out of choice. Yeah, same. I would 100%. Um, I'm now desperate to watch two and three. And yeah. Action. <laughs> like, because I've fallen in love with Cinderella now, like as a character. Yeah. And like you said, I think I'm going to be now more aware of like Cinderella things. Yeah. Like when I see them before I was like, oh, like a yeah, passive Cinderella woman. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like just like Snow White, like, oh, here we go. But yeah. now it's like, actually, she's, she's like a feisty woman. And yeah. Yeah. So we like what she stands for, basically. Um, I think it is also like yes obviously it's a fairy tale so it's not an original like mm-hmm. story like the, the premise of it but I think it is a good good story like yeah. I think like I said before I think it's a bit more um what's the word I'm looking for like interesting yeah. than the, the previous classic films I agree I think it holds your attention a lot more yeah and there's more at I, stake isn't there yeah there is more at stake and um, I think the animation, as we said with the dress changing uh, scene, yeah. I think it does come across mostly um, very seamless and uh, yeah. vastly improved from the classics before. So as we always say, Disney improve most they of the do. time, they film do. upon film with their animation. So, so yeah, and the songs, I really songs like actually. Lovely. The music is lovely and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the opening the oh. opening and the end with the book the that classic book, book. I love that beautiful. because it's like it, it's so clever because they make it like a real book it is a real book when you see that book open you know yeah. I, just, I just loved it yeah and to be honest I'm not gonna lie I do kind of miss like the opening I miss those kind scenes. of openings too yeah I'm very magical. yeah I'm really enjoying those like, yeah while we're watching all these classics but anyway Cinderella <laughs> <laughs> uh I loved it it's not like one of my favorite um, films, and she's not one of my favorite princesses. Like, as in, she's not like my top three. No, um, but I love her, and I'm going to support her more now. Yes, um, and yeah, encourage people to watch the film again so that they can also yes. have the revelations. <laughs> Join the Cinderella um, revolution. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I think okay, okay. that's where I'm going with this. Um, you gotta be careful. Like I feel like there's a lot coming have, up. There is, and you have to stagger. You <laughs> <laughs> have to stagger, especially with princess films. Well, it's... because there's so much to come. But I mean, look at this though. What did we give Snow White? Wasn't it like three? <laughs> I think it was like a, I think it was. That's I'm not gonna so lie. Bad. But like again, that in itself, that in itself shows how much progress Disney made mm-hmm. with this film from Snow White. Yeah. So. Yeah, a seven is what I'm going to give it. I think that's okay. fair. How about you? <laughs> well, I agree with everything that you said, obviously. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I think the film is it was a really pleasant surprise for me as well. Mm. Um, it was gonna, I think it, it was like it was a nicer one, some of the even earlier ones, but it was still gonna be quite passive, maybe like a little bit boring in places. Yeah. Um, but I was wrong. Um, I mm. really enjoyed. It. I really enjoyed the messages behind it. I'm a big dreamer, <laughs> yes. as we know. Like I love like you know the whole like Rapunzel vibe of like follow your dream, go find a new dream. Mm. Like and so that's quite that's quite echoey in this film, I think. Definitely. Um, and the idea about like fighting for what you want. Um, it's very me. Um, so I, I love that element of it. Um, I loved, like you said, like her sass, how funny she was, how defiant she was, like in her own way. Yeah. Um, and how like she wasn't afraid. Like she was going down those stairs to try that slipper on. Like if it killed oh, yeah. her, um, she wasn't scared of the outcome. And that was, that was so brave when you think about Definitely. it. Definitely. If that hadn't gone the right way and she'd been left there with them, yeah. she might never have been let out of the tower ever again. No, that would have been but, it. That bravery, I think, is just, it's amazing. It's a, it's a great yeah. role model from that. Um, and like I said before, her kindness and her, her, her unwillingness to compromise who she is for other people mm-hmm. and based on the people's behaviour, I just think is incredible. And I strive, I need to be more like her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I strive to, to aim towards that. Um, same with you. I love the animation. I thought it was lovely. It was an improvement on the, on the last few. Mm. Um, I love the scene, like, obviously, where, like, where the pumpkin turns into the, into the carriage oh, and then when we yeah. have like um the horse turn into the man like I, I just think that. they're yeah. beautiful and all of the sparkle and the dress and just yes. even like her um I love her outfit when she's like um in the pink dress and stuff like yeah. that like yeah. the detail on that and then I also it's like it's tiny things but like when she wakes up and her hair's in plaits yeah and she sits and unplats her hair I like, love that those little details that make her feel more like a real person and the animation has so much more depth to it too yeah in its action so yeah I yeah. think the film is fab um like like, like you said I've brought more like appreciation for her she's still not one of my top fave princesses yeah. because we have elite princesses that are hard to beat um but she's she's far higher than she used to be on mm-hmm. my estimations um and yeah I I would definitely watch the film again um yeah absolutely which I would not I didn't think I would have thought no um, I thought it'd just be a one-off again but... yeah same um and again the music and the mu- music is, is stunning and like yeah. and the female vocal in it is so magical and mm. and like effortless there's a yeah. really nice effortless effortlessness about her singing which I just think is oh, beautiful yeah it's beautiful um and again songs I've always overlooked in the past I really shouldn't have done her mm. um because yeah, I, I agree. I always yeah. think of Cinderella's songs. I feel like I skip them, but now yeah, now like, I probably no. won't. Um, I like that there obviously are a lot of female characters, but I feel like we have to like deduct some points for the whole like lack of complex villain, the poor yeah. poor Prince Charming and the injustice that was done to him, um, and the king and his just ridiculous oh. behaviour. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Oh, because mm. I was stuck Ooh. between seven and eight. So I was wow. like, we'll go 7.5. I think this is the first time you've been higher than me, isn't it? No, I think I was higher than you for Pinocchio. Oh, oh yeah. Think- so that, <laughs> that occasion, that makes sense. I think you gave Pinocchio like a 2.5 and I gave it a 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there we mm. go. Wow. But we're so in sync again. Like, I wonder if that'll be a film where I'm like 5 and you're like, nine <laughs> yeah honestly like if that happens we're gonna have some issues I think oh I see <laughs> well imagine like if we revealed at some point that one of our favorites like one of us didn't dinosaur. like them oh stop thank goodness that's not a classic Disney <laughs> film because we shan't 
be doing an episode on that. I think we need to at some Unless, point. Like it's that bad. We need to have a conversation. We, we should. We almost need to like watch it together and record oh, us. Like that might be better to be fair. Talking like our thoughts on it. That sort yeah. of vibe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here we go. Snow White. You gave four point. Someone gave four point five and someone gave four point seven five. Which one was yours? I was the higher one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pinocchio three from you 2.5 from me and then onward was an eight from you I think and a 7.5 from me mm. so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a harsher critic you are I so, am I am it's because I know that how many good ones are to come well yeah that's yeah I'm saving anything about you have seven. to think about like the points and where you tip them off and for me I'm like the points that would come off is like the king obviously yeah the lack of male the lack of positive male role model really yeah. is not good in the film no um so there needs to be deductions for that um but i just yeah. think the message behind it for women at the time in particular is, is fab yeah so, yeah it definitely is yeah so and that's it and <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening uh, if you've enjoyed you can subscribe on apple podcasts or whatever medium you listen on we know most of you are actually on um pandora mm. um so whatever podcast listening device you choose to use <laughs> follow subscribe basically however you can get a notification that we've uploaded new, new episodes and um, so that you can be the first to know you can be the first to listen when we upload yeah. um if you are new we tend to upload every two weeks um, and typically on a saturday but sometimes a sunday if we yeah. have a busy saturday <laughs> um, but uh, if you leave a review we'd love to read them and um, as i mentioned before um, and make sure if you do leave your review and you we'd love you to leave an instagram handle so we can come in to say thanks um because we like to say thank you we want to share the kindness that cinderella would share <laughs> with yeah. you um <laughs> And obviously we still have our small ad shops um, slots open. So if you're interested in advertising your small shop on our podcast, um, then head to our Instagram page um, and click on the link in our bio and all the information will be um, in, in there. Yeah, and don't forget to follow along with our Instagram for all of our latest magical adventures. And they are adventures. They now. are, well, and there are more upcoming ones as well. There are, so... It's so nice we're seeing each other more regularly. Like, I know. Even more regularly than before the pandemic and it's just yeah. so nice. And we're even seeing Beauty and the Beast together very soon. <gasps> I wonder if we should do a that. podcast on that. We'll ask. Maybe, yes. We'll ask. But that will definitely be a magical adventure, for sure. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. So and also it looks like the cast is going to be nice and di- like really diverse as well, which I'm just so yes. excited about. And we're finally going to get to see Human again. I know. Ah, I can't. So I think we're going to be beside ourselves after <laughs> that. So, Yes. But coming up next time, we will be discussing High School Musical 2. Bit which, of a change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah. But we're so excited for that we because you know we love High School Musical. I mean, we if love you've Disney listened Channel, don't we? to our High School Musical episode, then you'll know how we feel we about <laughs> those films. Yeah. And, and I have yeah. a lot to say about number two, so you know, better like buckle in because oh, I gosh. think number two is one of the most like it's just it's misunderstood the film. People it misunderstood. Is. It's yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it again. I will never say no to rewatching a high school no. musical film. No. <laughs> I I agree. I feel like we need to tell them what episode has. So if you want to prepare mm-hmm. for the next episode, episode twenty one is the one you want to listen to. So that was our there first high musical episode. Excellent. So, there you go. Yes, and actually on that, if you want a reference for all of our episodes and what they are, we have a handy guide on our Instagram now, so you can flick through and find the things you're interested in Mm -hmm. and what number episode they are to make things easier, hopefully. So you can filter. 
Yeah. We, because now we have so many episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, we might get lost. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, and then in the meantime, feel free to contact us on our email, a sprinkle of Disney podcast at gmail.com for any inquiries, any anything really, like a chat, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from both of us, have a magical rest of your day. Bye.